Hello, it is Thursday, July 30th. I'm currently on a plane back from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My tux is ready to go for the weekend. I think you guys are enjoy the hell out of the conversations we had today. A lot happening in the sports world. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Go ahead and tweet me at Pat McAfee Show. Tweet all the boys. If you enjoy this show, please tell a friend. If you hate it, just act like it never fucking happened. I hope you have the greatest Thursday in the history of Thursdays. Let's get to the damn thing. Zito, uh, let me know. Do we have our mystery caller yet? Oh, do we ever. Yes, sir. Our, oh, <laughs> yes, our show. Mr. Patrick Mac- McAfee in a plush hotel somewhere, probably upwards of $800 a night, wherever <laughs> he is. Pat, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. I don't know if there's any hotels that are in Pittsburgh that are worth 800 bucks a night, but things are going well over here. I wish my internet was better. I would have been able to do the show today, but we tested it this morning, and it is god-awful. So at any given moment, I could crap out, but boy, it's fantastic to speak with you, Mr. AJ Hawk. And I was following along yesterday while I was traveling with the show. And somebody described your face as home plate. And I've never seen anything more accurate. And I can't thank you enough for, for hosting while I'm out of town. That's pretty good, man. I don't, hey, I, I never, all this, like this face and jaw talk about me. I'm not, I, I, I none of this ever happened until I met you, Pat. So, hey, what? I'm glad. I, I'm okay with it. I don't care. I can handle it. Well, it's because your jawline is something that men desire. I mean, that thing, I said it was like a shovel, you know, because that is what it's like. It's like a shovel because everybody knows that whenever I go through my diets and phases, uh, I get real fat. And since I'm Irish, my neck becomes the largest (laughs) thing. I just become one big blob like Shrek's head. But I'm always looking for that jawline. And then you, you just have this... And, and the, the person on the internet yesterday saying it looks like home plate, I've never heard it more accurately <laughs> described. I appreciate you for hosting my show. You've done a great job. People seem to love it. And there's been a lot popping off in the sports world, AJ. A lot popping off Man. in the sports world. So much. And we got Jet Passing coming on here at 1040 today. Did you see what was going on last night with Joe Kelly and the Astros? Like, what happens in a brawl? Do you have to wear your mask if you <laughs> want to get in a brawl with the other team? I watched the manager in the umpire battle. Right. I mean, I see and I can see why people on the show get it wrong where they're not centered on the thing now, because I'm that guy. This is, <laughs> this is you, on me. You get, all, you get so I mad telling the, people uh, not Pittsburgh to hold. Yeah. OK. I watched the Pittsburgh <laughs> Pirates manager and the umpire get into it and they clearly were yelling at each other to put the masks on. Then he put the masks on. Then the nose comes popping out. And I don't know much about COVID-19. I don't think anybody does. But you can get them with a snot rocket, too, from what I've been told. So I believe any altercation, because there's going to be flare-ups, there's going to be, you know, in sports, there's going to be moments where people want to get a little bit angry with each other, especially when you're throwing 96-mile-an-hour fastballs behind people's heads. Not warranted, by the way, warranted. Um, I enjoyed that moment. He told him to shut the up afterwards his face with the oh the babiness <laughs> i liked it but i think we expect a lot more out of that for the houston astros and i think everybody potentially thought that covid19 was gonna make these pitchers forget about what happened down in houston turns out that's not accurate and old mr kelly there was like hey you think i forgot i actually added some speed during this quarantine okay me and henry roan gardner tighten that son of a bitch up a little bit and i'm head hunting all damn night you need to know that yeah, he is. It, well, it, it got me thinking about hockey. There's some exhibition games that have been on 
are hockey players allowed to fight in the NHL? Have they have they addressed that yet? Well, they do a face off to start each period, and if the puck goes out, and and they're literally bent over, uh, kissing each other. But it's I different if you, the, if you take your gloves off and you're trading blows with the dude. Like, don't you think that's like maybe that's just not the best look during COVID? Everybody knows you go stick, gloves, <laughs> shirt. Everybody knows that's what you do whenever you get into it on on the ice. Mighty Ducks, uh, Bash Brothers taught me that back in the day. And if you want to go in deck hockey, I will go. I'll swing the stick, by the way. I'm not dropping it. I feel like I had a bigger brain than everybody else. But potential assault charges come alongside that. Hockey is one where they are going to bump into each other a lot with their faces exposed. Uh, so I think they kind of lead the way. But if you're in that bubble where nobody has it, I feel like you're in a safe zone. And I've been saying this about the NBA and the MLS, and the MLS has done such an incredible job. The NBA has done such an incredible job. The NHL, all these bubble leagues have done such a a, a fine job of being able to, to quarantine and sequester their players away from this Ooh. bitch COVID-19. So I, I think the players in the bubble are going to be a lot more comfortable with potentially mixing it up and throwing bows. Oh, 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 after. But like the MLB – especially day after the Marlins thing pops off, I would assume they're looking around. They got no idea who's got COVID-19, who's, who doesn't have it, uh, and they're probably going to be a bit more precautious, just like the NFL. I'd assume the NFL is going to be a lot more uh, precautious than these bubble leagues whenever it comes to altercations and arguments. Hey, Pat, are you excited? Before we went to break, I, I teased it for a second, but <laughs> I guess LeBron made the announcement he's not going zero dark 23 zero. Yes. 30, whatever he does during the playoffs this year because he needs to be able to stay in contact with his family because he'll be sequestered away for possibly three and a half months. Are you very excited that LeBron is not doing this, not doing his normal playoff routine? And is it going to affect his on-the-court play? Yeah, to be honest, I, I didn't like any time he did that zero dark 23 or whatever it was because I don't like when people change anything. You know, I don't like when people change anything. If this got you to the dance – you know, while you're dancing, keep it there. That's why I always had the upper body of an adolescent. Everybody knows that whenever I was in college, I didn't have a great upper body, but I had the legs of a Greek god. And then when I got into the NFL, the same damn thing. And everybody was like, you know, you should probably get in better shape. You should stretch more or whatever. And I'm like, no, like I'm not going to change anything. So anytime he would change his social media habits, I always thought it was potentially going to be for the worst. But LeBron James obviously was able to battle through. And I like the thought that we're going to get a little bit of an inside glimpse a little bit of an inside peek on what LeBron looks like whenever it comes down to pressure time. I, I've been following him. By the way, I had never followed LeBron James on Instagram until, what, like two days ago, I guess? <laughs> so this is kind of a big deal. I'm happy he's not just going to disappear on me at this point. But I don't like when people change anything at all. So I didn't love Zero Dark 23 as a theory. Uh, it obviously won some things for him. But I'm excited to follow along. And these, these hub bubble players, the amount of – behind-the-scenes access we're getting through social media is awesome. It, it, normally, in, back in, not normally, but back in the day, you would have to bank on whatever media person that was allowed in there to tell us what's going on in, the, in these bubbles and who's important, who's not important, who's driving. The fact that we get a chance to see literally everyday life for all these athletes is awesome. For instance, Pittsburgh Penguins were playing tennis yesterday about a couple hours before they were playing the Terrible Flyers. I got a chance to teach, see two Swedes play tennis up there in Toronto. Didn't love that we lost to the Flyers in a game that didn't matter, but I liked that the boys were out there swinging the racket around a little bit. Like these are, yeah. I like that LeBron's sticking with it. 
and I like that we're getting a chance to see everything going on in there. Yeah, I don't know who it is. There's probably a couple players doing it in the NBA, but they uh, it's popped up on my Apple TV YouTube feed, like Life in the Bubble. Do you know who – have you seen any of those when guys are showing you, like when they're golfing, they're fishing, they're doing all kinds of stuff. It's pretty – it's sweet to see. Like these guys are trying to make the best of it. I mean, they're in a good spot. They have a lot to do. If you're in the NHL, though, do you feel a bit left out that you're in Edmonton or Toronto? I mean, from what I've been told by everybody that knows Canada, and I think we do have some Edmonton fans, so they've heard this before. I've heard Edmonton is a dump, a stink fest, a nightmare, yep. a Staten Island of Canada is what I've been told. Now, Toronto looks awesome. Toronto looks – from the inside look that I've seen, there's like a little baby Toronto in there where the Toronto Maple Leafs have their own floor. They've decorated it all. they got golf simulators in there. they got everything going on there in Toronto. I don't, I'm not sure I've seen anything out of Edmonton. But who cares because the champion of the COVID Cup's coming out of the East anyway. So the Edmonton thing is all just a to-do for nothing because they're up there skating on ice, sleeping in beds that are in hotels, locked down in a bubble in a city that everybody calls a dump for nothing because at the end of the day, Pittsburgh Penguins are going to slice, dice, triple deke, knuckle puck their way into another COVID Cup championship. Well said. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I might have. But I just, I'm reading this on the little outline that Zito sent me. Says a report that Marlins outbreak happened because they left their hotel in Atlanta to have a good time. Air quotes. What Magic what City. happened and how much personal responsibility <laughs> do these guys have? Because that's going to be the NFL. Like it's all on the players. How do you once you're in the facility? Yeah, we're pretty good. We have a lot of good protocols. Once you leave and you go home, it's on you to try to make sure you don't infect the rest of your team. Hey, Atlanta, do be like that sometimes. <laughs> you know, I mean, Did Atlanta, Magic do City? be like that. What's that? I said, did they go to Magic City? I would assume. I mean, I'm Cheetah's down there as well. I, I believe there is a bevy of options for you down in Atlanta. And I put out a tweet last night begging for all these said uh, adult ballets or other clubs that are available. So go ahead and just shut the doors to these athletes. For the love of sports, just shut the doors down there in Atlanta. But you got a lot of old whites, too, going on Twitter talking about how these spoiled little brats – they're, on the, they're getting a chance to play out their dreams, and all they have to do is just for a couple months lay low. It's like, think if you're 23 years old, 24 years old, and everybody has said this. Every human has said they feel invincible, and you listen to what the original stats were about COVID-19. It's like young people are okay. So there, there's this initial thought, I would assume, from a lot of younger players. And I think it's good for the NFL what happened with the Marlins, to be honest. Now, granted, Every player opting out of the Patriots organization is wild. What the hell does Belichick know? What is going on up there? I do not know. And other star players opting out. What the hell is going on? What do they know that we don't know? And by the way, getting offered six figures just to chill, I guess, is something that some players are going to take 10 times out of 10. But the I, I think there is a heightened awareness on the players that the onus will be on them to kind of lay low. This is on you. We all very much understand that if you're the healthiest team and you don't have COVID, you're going to be the team that wins in the end because that's a real thing. In the NFL, if you're healthy at the end of the season, you're going to win. Now we're in a time where as long as you stay away from that Rona bitch and you don't lose half your roster for two weeks, you're probably going to win in the end. So I would assume there's a lot of conversation about from the veterans on the team talking to the younger guys on the team because, by the way, I was one of those younger guys that probably would have had to been talked to. Like, hey, Pat. 
need you not to be an idiot, okay? Like, I understand you're potentially seeing an opportunity to go, boom, have a good time here, or maybe go shotgun a beer here, or maybe beer bong a thing here, but then put the mask on afterwards. Need you not to do that. Need you to lock it down. So I think the veterans on the team have to have a big deal, and I think the Marlin situation is a perfect example for the NFL teams to be like, look what's going on with the Miami Marlins. Yeah, they stink. They're not going to win it anyways, but they almost shut down the entire MLB. We can't have that happen for the NFL. And most importantly, we can't have that for this team because we need everybody to be able to field a team at the end of this entire thing. Yeah, you mentioned the Patriots. And you're saying, like, what? I saw your tweet, I think. What does Belichick know? Everything. Like, does he. What is how it? has he become that much of like a mythical figure to where he has six guys opting out and everyone's like, oh, why don't we have more guys opting out? Like other, t- if you're a fan of another team, like, what do they? Do we need some of our guys to opt out so we can open up some cap space and figure something out and try to follow Belichick? Like, what do you think? What do you think's going on there? Why? Why so many players? I guess right now, early on, have opted out out of New England. He knows everything. I, I have no idea. And last night, I'm gonna tell you. Okay, here in Pittsburgh, brought some vitamins, had a four-hour private plane delay. Have you ever heard of that? Yikes. No, because you pay an asinine amount of money to not have that happen. So, I mean, yesterday was a long day, got my body measured, maybe making a change or two, by the way, to my tux. Thanks for asking, AJ. I, I'm sure you care. The, Jeez. the I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this, though. I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. There has to be something cooking. It's just, if it was anybody else, you'd be like, oh, okay, those players hate playing for that person. Those players hate playing for that organization. Those players, now precautious because of their worries of COVID-19 or whatever, it would just make too much sense. But then whenever you hear the greatest dynasty in the history of professional sports and their veteran players start popping out at a certain amount of time and you know they have a salary cap potential issue and you know Ernie Adams has that big-ass brain up in the top of the stadium Mm -hmm. always thinking and like kind of watching down on everything. And Bill Belichick is a guy who, if there's something in the rule book that can get danced around he will he was the first guy to start really abusing formations to get players that aren't in eligible positions eligible i mean there's been a lot of rules that have been changed strictly because bill belichick has exploited the rule book and i'm not saying bill belichick's the only football coach that tries to do that Every coach tries to do that, but it feels as if the Patriots are always the organization that finds a way to get through a situation and exploit it to benefit themselves the most. And it's not every other team wishes they could do it, but Bill Belichick, Ernie, that entire squad are always able to do it. So whenever you see Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, all these other players off the night, you're like, this son of a bitch knows something. Somehow he's going to only have to pay them half their salary this year, half the salary next. Like somehow in the rule books, like – asterisk number z or letter z in some guideline that nobody has read it's like if a player opts out at the beginning but then opts back in six days later your salary cap triples like that is what i think could potentially be going on and i still i still won't believe that he didn't cook this all up somehow (laughs) until there's a statement maybe two years from now that he didn't cook this all up no matter what happens i think it's all BS. He's like a magician in this type of world, and we all know that. And Adam Schefter with that tweet, he said, I was talking to an NFL official, and they said I was talking to an NFL official, and they said, listen, Bill knows something. That's how the whole world feels, and it's got to feel damn good that you're that good, that everybody thinks you're just cooking the game at all times, no matter what happens with your team. Pat, can I ask you a question, please? 
I think Jet Passon's supposed to be on your show four minutes ago, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, I was going to, because we have to drop AJ to get Jet and AJ back on together. Oh, smart. Hey, Diggs, see, by the way, good magic by you, bub. Yeah, that's, hey, we're producing shows over here. What do you think about Joey Bosa being the highest played, highest paid defensive player of all time, though? Who's Skinny Zeke back here? That's, that's, that's a new guy. Oh, hey, hey. Hey, man, Surrey. How's it going, Bobby? All okay. right. Uh, I saw that on the YouTube feed yesterday because I didn't know how you guys were setting up, so I was following along. A lot of people were saying, who's skinny Zeet? Are they replacing Zeet? What's going on? I'm like, no, this is actually all-terrain Zeet's time to shine with nobody there. Joey Bosa is such a classic uh, situation of not only the East Coast bias, but maybe if you go to the Chargers, you kind of just get forgotten about. Keenan Allen has been talking about this on the Twitter because of the lack of respect he's been shown in the wide receiver world. But if you think about Joey Bosa and how good he's been, and, and all the stats are coming out for how good he's been in the last couple of years, PFF has gotten on board. Everybody's like, this guy's been the guy, this guy's been the guy. In my eyes, the Bosa for the Niners is the Bosa that's the game changer. I completely forgot that the godfather or the the mafia enforcer's grandson that first came into the NFL for the Chargers was the guy. So him getting this massive contract, $125 million, biggest defensive contract in the history of the game, following up after what Miles Garrett just got a couple weeks ago, I'm happy for him. I'm pumped for him. And for me, I think it's a reminder like, hey, this Bosa family plays no games on the defensive line. And Joey needs a lot more respect. But until they win some games, I don't know if anybody's going to do that. But good for Joey locking it down. He's got a great shoe game. He always has Jordan cleats on. And now he's secured the bag. I wonder if he'll be able to just buy a baseball team now like some other guy that just got broken in half. That's absolutely wild. Who's going to make more money, the Bosas or the Watts? Feels like the Bosa's. Feels like the Bosa's are probably going to make more money just because JJ's a little bit older, so he doesn't have a chance to maybe cash in two to three more times like Joey will. He'll be able to get at least two more contracts. Now, granted, that Ultimate Tag Show, we don't know the finances <laughs> behind that Ultimate Tag Show, okay? That Watt family could be raking in Patrick Mahomes' money with that Ultimate Tag Show. We're not 100% sure. But if you go on the field, the Bosa's are both so young. I mean, they're going to be able to kind of re-up two to three more times. J.J. has already had his big contract. I'm sure he'll get another big one somewhere, but it'll be for a short amount of years, and then he'll be out there. But if you add in Derek Watts, special team stud, fullback maniac, maybe that third contract might be able to put him in there. But the Bosa's, if you can get to the pass, the passer is going to get paid. Okay, the quarterback's going to get paid. He touches the ball every single play. If you can affect the quarterback, you're going to get paid. Defensive ends, corners, you're going to get big-ass money as well. So I think they are set up for the long haul here for the absolute cash bag Brinks truck. And here's the first play, uh, payment for the godfather enforcer's grandson, Joey Bosa. With the, uh, with the Patriots stuff and all those players opting out, do you guys think there's any chance that because uh, they have been doing virtual meetings from the get-go that they've kind of known who uh, was sitting out for you know a couple weeks now and that's why right off the bat uh, everybody came out and was uh, talked about? What happened to Jet? Uh, we tried uh, squeezing him in there, but uh, for some reason uh, – Oh, I'm using this camera right now. I apologize. Um, he just didn't answer. His email address was wrong or something. I don't know. You just cut yourself to the wrong camera? I mean, that's a wild Well, word. in my defense, it does say Zito on it, and I saw my name, and I pressed it. But this is actually me right here. 
Uh, rest in peace to Jet. I assume he's been pretty aggressive here. AJ, I would assume that these players did not make publicly that they were going to opt out before it officially came out. I don't think in those Zoom calls with the Patriots they're talking about doing it. I assume some of them might have told Bill that they were thinking about it, but I don't think the rest of the team knew that it was happening. Do you? No, I don't think they uh, – maybe a few players here and there, you know, when they're texting back and forth, you might say, hey, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it this year. Like, I got a, I got a newborn or I got other issues. But, yeah, of course they had to consult with Belichick and with, the, you know, other front office people. But, no, I don't – I think the majority of the team probably found out just like we did when they put it on Twitter or we saw it on TV. You know how – we talked about this with the NBA. If players were to opt out, Adam Silver came out and was like, hey, listen – if players opt out, there will be no punishment. There will be nothing like that going forward. Could you imagine these football guys that are making decisions, whether they're coaches or in GMs have to act a bit different, but coaches who are just all they love is ball. This entire COVID-19 quarantine, all they wanted to do was watch film and run people through drills and do stuff like that. And now they're learning that some of their players are like opting out because of safety reasons, precaution reasons, whatever reason. That is going to be something where I understand the message is going to be, hey, by the way, congrats to the NFLPA for negotiating a six-figure payout if you choose to opt out. The NFLPA yeah. doesn't get a lot of credit for things because the NFLPA normally drops the ball in situations. Players getting $150,000 somehow and the NFL agreeing to that if you don't play at all is wild and I heard there's hey, even more money I heard there's some but more Pat, money. hey it's just a loan though it's a loan they take it out of your next year's contract uh, okay so it's not that big is there so any interest gonna, on it if, if you're due, them too if you're due a million dollars next year you get 850 if you took the 150 and opted out this year and you weren't high risk Hey, I'll tell you what, 0% interest on that loan, though. Not a bad thing if you can get it, you know. Maybe get it a, a small family house if you can at this point because that's really what it's about. But, you know, sometimes you're going to rob future you for present you. But So maybe it wasn't that good of a deal, I guess. Maybe I should take back that compliment to the NFLPA. Well, you know yeah, what you probably. should do, though, Pat? If, you were a, if you're a bubble guy or you're somebody who probably wasn't going to make the team, guess what? You opt out now. You take the 150. You don't have that contract to take it from the next year. Yeah, especially if you think there's a chance that – but I, if you're younger and you don't have accredited season or something, you don't get it. So, I mean, there are stipulations on whether or not you can get in there or get out of there. The The coaches, though, I think they could get their hearts hurt a little bit for players that have opted out. Just football guys that are like, man, we're all in this together. We're all going through stuff. The fact that you're not here really disappointing, but we'll get back to it next year. Like, yeah, okay, that there's going to be – I understand that the right thing is to be like, well, you shouldn't judge anybody for making the right decision for their family and for their health. And I agree, but I'm just telling you from the humans that I have encountered that are potential football coaches, I don't know if that's how they are going to look. Oh, we have passing guys. Jet. What's up boys. Hey, hey Jet. Thanks for coming on and joining AJ awfully late, but that's probably on Zito, not on you. We appreciate you. Are the stories that the Marlins got infected by this down in Atlanta when they went to Magic City and saw twerking and working. Is that true, or do we know anything on how this has all come about for the Marlins organization? Because they're the only ones that have a failed test in the MLB. The only ones. Yeah. As, as much as I would love for them to be true because it would be hilarious, uh, I honestly don't know. I mean, I've heard the same things that you guys have read on the Internet, and there's all kinds of speculation, but I think – you know, in instances like this, it's almost like the public wants to blame players and, and throw them under the bus. And I just don't think that's fair. I don't think it's right. 
And if it turns out to be true, then they brought it on themselves. But I have absolutely nothing to, to confirm the idea that they were out uh, running and uh, eating lemon pepper wings. And uh, that's why this happened. Jet, what about uh, the what happened with Joe Kelly last night, in, which was amazing, the whole situation thrown behind him and then him and Correa going back and forth. Are, is, is Major League Baseball going to have to do something drastic to, to stop teams from throwing at the Astros? Or fighting. You know, <laughs> well, yeah. no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I feel like, you know, coming into the year, um, the, you know, there were bets being taken. Are the Astros going to be hit more than any team in Major League history? I, I'm not going to say this was a completely isolated incident. But I think if anybody was going to throw at the Houston Astros, it was going to be the Dodgers. It's it's funny, of course, that Joe Kelly wasn't even on the Dodgers team uh, in 2017 that lost. He was, however, uh, on the Red Sox team that lost to them in the division series. And Joe Kelly has a uh, long and sordid history of uh, getting into fights, let's say. I mean, you remember in 2018 against Tyler Austin, who is a big dude, like 6'2", 240 looks more like a linebacker than he did a baseball player. Uh, Austin charged him out on Joe Kelly, and Joe Kelly just gave him the whole, like, come on, let's have it. Let's go at it. And uh, ended up, like, wrestling Tyler Austin down to the ground and throwing a couple of punches. Uh, I'll be honest. I thought what he did yesterday was wrong. I don't like throwing a guy's head. And Joe Kelly didn't say that he was doing it intentionally, of course. Wasn't wasn't it a slider, though, the one that almost hit him in the head? What's that? Wasn't it a slider or a breaking ball that almost hit him in the head? No, I mean it. That's the the, the curveball is the one that almost hit Carlos Correa in the head. But the the one to Alex Bregman was ninety six, like uh, sort of behind his neck. That that's just it's dangerous when you're throwing at a guy's head. And oh yeah, yeah as as <laughs> you know as as bad as uh, what the Astros did was, I I personally do not believe that having a uh, hard five-ounce projectile thrown at your dome is, is the right recourse. And, and something like I, I just don't buy baseball vengeance. I think it's Neanderthal. I think it's kind of stupid and uh, wish it hadn't happened. But, hey, uh, you know, watching Joe Kelly, like, traipse off the field and, and give the sad face to, to Carlos Correa and watching him yawn after throwing behind Alex Bregman – Joe Kelly is uh, Joe Kelly's an interesting cat. Well, Jed, I believe that's why you cover baseball, not play baseball. You know that competitive thing <laughs> is one that looks for vengeance for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, and I, Pat, uh, Pat, that makes two of us who don't play baseball. So, <laughs> hang up on him. <laughs> hey, check the stats, Bob. Right fielder, second place Frontier League team, Washington Wild Things. I don't have to rub that in your face. You know, you're a baseball expert, but. The, <laughs> The vengeance thing, I was following along with you, and I saw you have to you, – you first tweeted about it, and then I would assume everybody came after you in the baseball world, like how that's not good for the game. So then you had to clarify that you have always had the standpoint that you don't like people throwing at people's heads, which is probably smart. But let's talk about something that happens in baseball that's going to happen, and AJ and I talked about it a little bit ago. Are there rules in place for disagreements? Like we saw the Pirates manager and the umpire get into it, and they both fixed their mask. The ump actually pulled the mask <laughs> out of his back pocket. If players were to fight, are they? Uh, do they have to put their masks on before they spear each other? Has that been talked about, or is it like, hey, let's try to avoid physical altercations all that we can? 
No, it's in the protocol, Pat, saying essentially there will be severe repercussions for teams that fight, which, which leads me to believe that there's still a chance that there's going to be some discipline after last night's game, if only because on the same day that the Marlins outbreak jumped to 17 people in the organization, uh, the Astros and the Dodgers were not promoting social distancing particularly well by getting off the bench and congregating like they did on the field there. Um, it's, it's the kind of example baseball doesn't want to see set, uh, but the fact that there wasn't a, you know, a, a knockdown drag out, uh, you know, Pat McAfee, Adam Cole, Donnie Brooks style fight, uh, is, is, leads me to believe there's probably not going to be discipline in this case. <laughs> hey, Jay, well, Jay, I'll tell what... you what, Jay, you throw a baseball at my head, I'm throwing a bat at your face. I, I don't know how they had the restraint, but I like that they did. <laughs> I, I, listen, Pat, uh, you are, uh, you are an alpha and, uh, I understand that that's going to come out of you. I've, I I tend to have some more restraint, and perhaps that's why uh, my football career ended uh, before it even started. But I, listen, I I respect the hustle, man. You, you got to do what you got to do. Papa Alpha Tango. Sorry about that. What's the guy, Adrian? Hey, Jeff, sorry, I know we uh, – last thing before we go, and you, you call him Pat and Alpha is going to let him just cruise through this day feeling so good about himself. So I appreciate you really – Boosting, boosting the young guy's spirit before his big wedding come, uh, <laughs> comes this Saturday as well. But what about Pat Mahomes? He's an owner of the Royals. Do we know how much? Like what kind of percentage? Do you know any kind of cash that he threw down? Do you have any idea? I doubt it's a whole lot. I mean, I think just having Patrick <laughs> Mahomes associated with the Chiefs, like or with the Royals, rather. Uh, if, if, I'm, uh, if I'm John Sherman, if I'm the owner of the Royals, uh, I'd give Patrick Mahomes... Uh, a chunk of the the team for a dollar, just knowing that he's going to be in Kansas City for uh, the next decade plus. He's going to be <laughs> Jeff, a appreciate legend you, man. Here. Sorry, we're up against a hard out, buddy. I, I'm so sorry. Thank you for your time, <laughs> AJ. It's not a hard out. It's uh, we're we back. actually we're, just came back. We got back. Top yeah. of the hour. This is ridiculous. Get Jet. My bad. Stay on the line. I got <laughs> texts from different people. I'm getting hand signals thrown my way from multiple different people in the studio and Pat. But hey, we're back. Here we go. The Pat McAfee Show. I'm AJ I, Hawk. Thanks for coming back, guys. I believe Jet has a heart out at 11 as well. Oh, well, go do it, yeah, Jet. Okay. Oh, right, get out of here. Fly away, Jet. Here's the thing. I love this show. Screw it. Let's do one more question. Yeah! 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 All right, here's my question. Rob Manfred did not look like a stooge in his first uh, comments about the entire Marlin situation. He hammered home how player safety is the biggest important thing. How do you think the MLB, the MLBPA, and the entire league have to come together after this Marlin situation? And, and I assume the NFL is going to have to do the same thing, but kind of point at this situation and say, hey, this can't happen anymore. Who's going to be doing that? How is this going to fall out? And has Rob Manfred taken a turn maybe in looking like a leader in this entire process? I'm not going to go that far yet, but I, because I think it's incumbent ultimately on the players, on the staff, on the people who are out there on a daily basis. And there are going to be protocols put into place. You know, I don't think players are going to be allowed to leave hotels on the road anymore. I think it's just going to be like if you're caught out, there will be discipline from the team because – uh, I, I think teams understand the ones that stay healthy are going to be the ones that win. 
And that's clear with the Marlins right now, who probably weren't going to win a whole lot this year anyway, but they've lost 15 guys out of the 33 who were traveling with the team. That's an enormous amount, and they're going to have to fill them in with minor league guys and minor league free agents and uh, guys who simply are not to the caliber uh, that the guys who are on their big league roster are. So it's, uh, you know, I think it's, it's ultimately going to fall on the people who are there every day, but the protocols that are in place uh, need to be respected, need to be observed, and frankly, I think need to be a little more stringent than they are right now because uh, baseball can't afford another outbreak like this. And uh, if it happens to a team like the New York Yankees or the Los Angeles Dodgers, I think we're having a whole different conversation right now. Yes, that is, that is correct. Jet, I know you're a busy man. We see you everywhere on the TV. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you again soon. So sorry to interrupt, but I need to talk to you about something that's really awesome. Change is constant, but these days it feels like there's something new to grapple with every day. We may all be adjusting to this new normal, but it's still stressful. It's important to talk about it and seek support. The future is unknown, plain and simple, and if you've been struggling with the so-called new normal, it's not just you, but stress and anxiety don't have to rule your life. Talkspace Online Therapy is here to give you that support because we all understand that we could potentially need it right now. You can match with a licensed therapist from the convenience of your device. No matter where you are, reach out to your therapist 24-7 from phone or computer and you'll hear back five days a week. Luckily, Talkspace Online Therapy can match you with a licensed therapist all from the comfort of your phone or your computer. Receive support and accountability every day to talk through challenges and stay on track with whatever you're working hard for. If anything helps reduce stress and anxiety, it's talking it out. Talkspace has thousands and thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationship issues, and more. If you have something specific you want to work on right now, they will find someone right for you. One month on Talkspace costs about the same amount as a single in-person therapy session, but with Talkspace, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist and they'll engage with you at least five days a week. That means you never have to wait to share what's on your mind. Talkspace therapists have experience treating depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, relationship issues, food and eating, and much, much more. Talkspace is secure and private using the latest encryption technology to store client information. The bottom line is that we all need to talk sometimes, and Talkspace wants to give more the support we deserve. And very much at a price we can afford. As a listener of this podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code McAfee to get $100 off your first month. And show your support for the show. Well, you get it. They, they put that at the end there. You listening to the show is you showing your support for the show. But I think this is a very, very cool thing. I think this is a brilliant concept, good idea. And I don't think anybody should ever feel embarrassed to talk it out and become a better you, become the best you with Talkspace. That's Talkspace.com. Code McAfee, get $100 off your first month. Why not give it a try? See if it works out. Back to the show. So, hey, Pat, I want to figure this out quick. That was Jet Passing. Thank you so much for his time. I appreciate it. He's always great. So we went to break on the radio show, 
and then we came back and I got it flipped. So we went to break at 53 something and then came back at 58. Is that right? And I, I had him flipped. Someone's never. Yeah, you though. abused. You absolutely abused the hard out at the end of the hour and the <laughs> opening of the new hour. So you just absolutely slaughtered it. And that's why you're an amateur at this thing, maybe getting to become a professional. That is something I would never, ever do. I have let a lot me, of hold respect. On. Let me catch you off real quick. So you want to meet. We had Jet called in at like 10. 49 you wanted me to drop him at 10:53? no so you know classic professional host move would be as the radio show was ending its first hour you say <laughs> okay jet passing conversation will continue youtube.com forward slash the pat mcafee show for our radio listeners which we appreciate in abundance you can either go over there to watch the rest of this, or we'll see you at the top of the next hour where Jet Passin will probably be mid-sentence. While we're <laughs> well, that's good to know. I appreciate it. Thank you. I learned something here today. That was never a thing. I know I get sometimes I get distracted by you sitting there flexing into your, <laughs> your phone because you see yourself on the screen, and it's the most – like hopefully there's nobody that gets car sick or seasick watching this because the amount – how you have bobbled your phone around that hotel room is just, it's unbelievable. I'm an alpha, AJ. I'm an alpha. Okay. You know, I didn't say it. Other people are saying it. But I'm going to say we have to set up something a little bit different for our guests. This is not easy. I know. Okay. I have to, I have, <coughs> should have laid down. Just got some water. I, I don't know if that was what that was. I was just choked to death. But you have to maintain a certain part of the thing here. It's not easy being a guest on this show. If you say so dead I'm center on your phone, you, you're good. I believe that's like the way to to like think about it. You need to prop your phone onto something. Just lean it against something on a desk. It's a power. I'm in mode. a hotel that I don't. And by the way, I just want to let everybody know. Unlike the Marlins, okay. I've been locked down in a hotel whenever I'm not where I have to be. So I'm trying to do my part. Unlike. The Marlins have been, but that's a mobile dome. What he's talking about. That's just a traveling dome is what he's referring to. If he's saying that players are going to have to be locked down in their, um, in their hotels, which by the way, I thought was going to be the rules originally. That's just a mobile dome. So is the NFL going to have to do that? Then what's going to happen when players are at home Are the people that they're living at with at home, are they also locked down? Because can't somebody that you live with go to the grocery store and potentially suck face with the deli person who has COVID-19 come home, maybe touch you, and then all of a sudden you have COVID-19 and then it doesn't matter? I, I don't – I'm pumped to see how this continues to go. But it is promising that only one team in the MLB, only one team has a failed test. Even for all that we know about COVID-19, you would think that the Phillies would be in a problem because they're even sharing the same diamond, the same baseball – as the Marlins, then none of them got it. So I guess there are some paths to success that the NFL is looking at, but that's always been my big question. It's like, who do, so the people that live with the players, they also have to commit to this thing too. This is a full family affair, a full friend affair, a full roommate affair. This is an entire commitment. And to be honest, if I was in the league, I would want media people to like kind of explain that this is not an easy task to be a human who's just locked down while playing your sport. But now that I'm outside, and I just need football to happen. Like these players need to tighten up. Okay, <laughs> these players need to. These players need to understand that your happiness does not matter. Okay, get your ass out there on that diamond, out there on that field, hit each other, and then go right back into home and put a gas mask on like Laramie Tunsil. 
you're right. And, and think of the tough thing that you're going to have to do. I, I understand there's probably not going to be fans at, at most of these games. Maybe there'll be some. What do you do when your family wants to come during the season? Like your parents, your aunt and uncle, cousins. Like, are they not going to be coming up and, and seeing their their son or daughter or cousins or whatever? Like, do you think people are going to tell their family, hey, stay away. Don't worry about coming here for the weekend? Yeah. Tell your family you hate them. Okay? <laughs> tell them. You got to do what you got to do. I don't know how any of it works from an actual human standpoint. And that is always forgotten when it comes to professional athletics is you never forget about the human that's in there because the amount of money that somebody's being paid because of the dream situation that they're in. But whenever it comes down to these types of guidelines and protocols, you have to think about the human that has to execute it. And for the MLB, for these Marlins players, what, they've probably been locked down maybe, living this lockdown life for a couple weeks now, maybe a month. In one night, they slip. One night, they're like, we can go, we can go, we can go. And then all of a sudden, boom, nightmare catastrophe happens out of nowhere. That is just, it's going to be a case study. It's going to be a talking point for everybody else. And I think that's why everybody's very, very intrigued to see if any of this works out. But I have a lot of hope that the NFL is going to be able to get this done because of the pictures that have been coming out from training camp with the glass windows in between lockers. I saw Phil Rivers rocking the Colts helmet, looked good, was wearing the hickory shirt, good pandering by old Phil. But I saw the inside of a lot of buildings. It feels like they're doing everything they possibly can to get this done. But it's going to be tough with humans, man. Anytime you have human air possibility, guess what happens? Human air. I mean, that's just what happens. Well, just the numbers. Think how many players are on each team, how many support staff are on each team that can just mess it up for everybody on that team. All it takes is one or two guys to go out there. And I know the NFL has things in place on what you can get punished for, what they can fine you if you're at a, a place that is uh, 10 or more people, if it's a bar setting or whatever. There's all these different things put in place. But, yeah, I guess you're. I think you're right, though. When you say, like, whatever happened to the Marlins right now, that's the best possible not, – it's not the best possible, but it's – a great like wake up, a reminder for all these other leagues and all these other athletes. Like, hey man, like you guys want to play, right? Like, you play, you get paid. A lot of guys are, are motivated by money. You want to get paid, you better stay healthy and not go take unnecessary risk outside of this uh, this facility. So I think maybe some players are are scared straight a little bit from all of uh, what happened with the Marlins and seeing like, okay, it can happen and we can still continue. Now the Marlins aren't getting back on the field for what another five days or something, maybe. But if why they are the back, Yankees good and go. Phillies not playing? Yeah, I don't know. They that that didn't make any sense. But the the Yankees are playing Baltimore tonight now instead for two games. So they'll have, that's four games they'll have to make up against the Phillies at some point. That I I wasn't really sure on the logistics of that either. Ty, great chair. I know, <laughs> I know, right? Are you going to space, AJ? Have you seen that chair that he's sitting in right there? No, I want to show me. Jeez. <laughs> oh, what is that, a gamer chair? You bet. Fits the back and uh, neck great. You know, my neck's still a little sore, so it's nice to have some lumbar support here. Why is your neck sore? Well, because Adam Cole shoved me. Oh, did he punk you too? No, no, oh, no. All right, AJ. I'm leaving. No. AJ, AJ, by the way, wow. now's the perfect time, okay? <laughs> now's the perfect time for you to apologize for saying what you said to me on my show, on my platform, on my network. You're right, Pat. Like, I do. I need to take this time. I need to apologize to you. I am sorry. I'm sorry that Adam Cole came into your studio and you, being the alpha, decided to take a step back and be the beta that day and say, you know what? I'm such an alpha. I will let you alpha me in this beautiful (laughs) studio I built. Pat will see this clip. I'm continuing. (laughs) Pat knows that 
He can hang up all he wants. It doesn't matter. So Pat was the bigger man that day as the alpha, letting saying, you know what? I don't need all the I don't need the limelight. I don't need to look good in this in this encounter. I'm gonna step back. I'll be the beta here. Adam Cole is obviously out alpha in me, and I'll just let him go about his way and I'm not gonna do anything about it. So Pat, I apologize. I give you a lot of credit. You're a bigger man than I am. AJ, you you son of a bitch. Very condescending. You son of a bitch. I don't know if that was an apology. AJ, AJ, what the hell's wrong with you? I said I was sorry multiple times directly to Pat. No, it was a backhanded sorry. You know what you were doing. You son of a bitch. Connor, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? What's going on? What's going on? Your Joey Bosa question earlier just got me. Oh, yeah. Well, that Joey Bosa question was a <laughs> terrible brain fart, my friend. But uh, real quick with the Joe Kelly thing. Uh, apparently, the last thing he said that what caused Correa to walk over was, nice swing, bitch. Uh, was there ever one thing that you heard on the field that caused somebody like to flip that switch and be like, oh, that that's it. I'm, I'm going after that guy. Man, there is. I'm trying to think of specifics. There's always, you know, there's not like unwritten rules, but... There wasn't a whole lot ever talked about, like, people's family life. Like, no one really Mm. mentioned wives or kids or anything on the field. But guys would – I can't think of one thing that would make a guy freak out, honestly. I'm trying to think right now off the top of my head. But, no, I never really saw anything happen like that. Like, someone saying, nice swing, bitch. Like, that's not not going to make anyone go crazy. I may laugh at the guy if they said it to me. Mm. But – I don't know. Like, have you guys ever seen anything in other sports where you see someone just all of a sudden lose their mind and freak out? Well, you played with Vontez Perfect. What did people say to him that that made him so upset? Nothing. The referees would make him upset. That's Vontez Mm. knew. Like, that's the thing. Once you got that, once he got labeled, whatever he was, what kind of player he was, if someone called him a dirty player and he's going to cheap shot people, the refs were looking for it, man. And refs would tell him before the game, during the game, and then other teams would mess with him. They'd always try to like goad him into doing something and trying to instigate things. And he knew it going in. The coaches would tell him he would understand that. And sometimes, man, it was just tough because teams would mess with you and then refs would jump in on it. And, and I think the refs are what actually turn make a lot of guys go crazy. If something is called, if something isn't called, or they feel like they're being treated uh, unfairly compared to, to other guys. So he was just a moron. Whoa. No, I'm not saying that. Nick. Well, there was the uh, the A.J. Green thing with Jalen Ramsey. I don't that know if you one. remember that. I don't know what happened ago. there, but, man, A.J. is the, such a quiet, professional guy that doesn't say a whole lot, just goes out and dominated every single day in practice and every single game. When he lost his mind on Ramsey, I was like, man, what happened here? I don't know what was said. Did, did you guys know? No. No, I don't think it ever came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. no clue. I, I The only thing I uh, heard about, like, cornerbacks talking trash was Richard Sherman saying, like, very, very complicated words because he went to Stanford, obviously, has a big old brain. <laughs> That's the only thing I heard from, like, corners. And the Cortland Finnegan, Andre Johnson, never knew what uh, was said in that exchange either. Yeah, I don't know if it was even one thing. It's just whoever – who makes the first move, like, to turn this into a physical altercation after the snap. Like, that's the thing. Like, if someone – starts to make a move the other guy all right well i'm not gonna sit out here and get punked on the field i gotta figure this out that's usually what happens and what gets it going and then all the other people join in because you want to help your teammates and you don't want to see this happen but it's uh i don't know I, I can't think of one thing it's usually nothing big said it's usually something that happened like you you pushed them late right after the whistle and you or you continue to do something you're just, someone just a pest and continues to to push somebody late or block them an extra second and a half after the whistle for the first three quarters of the game, guess what? In the fourth quarter, someone might get fed up and start to fight with that person. That's what I see happen. But, hey, I know we're going to go to a break here now. 
just because. Pat, oh, Pat's back. Never mind. We're not going to a break. I'm not doing any breaks for your radio show. <laughs> any, if you're a radio show, you know what? If you're a radio listener, we may go to a break sometime or not. But if not, go to YouTube.com slash something for a show and watch this. I must have lost some service there. I'm sorry. I must have lost some service there. I you did. You missed on. the best part of my apology. I don't know why you hung up. Well, you called me a beta, and then my, my service dropped out for some reason. And, and by the way, you know what's after beta, whenever people have been calling me alpha, is a cuck. And I wasn't even going to let you slip down that road, pal, so that <laughs> I think the service dropped out. Good hosting there, though. YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show during the commercial break. I'm sure this conversation will continue. Yeah, well, see, I was saying you out-alphaed the alpha by taking a step back in that altercation with Adam Cole. So I was giving you a compliment. Oh, see, I didn't get to hear that because my service dropped out. And we talked early that the reason why I'm not hosting today is because I don't have good enough Wi-Fi or I could drop out. So I didn't even get a chance to hear you talk about how I'm such a alpha. And uh, that's kind of a shame. I appreciate your apology. I think it was fake. It was insincere, but I like it a lot. Very backhanded. It was fake. Yeah, it was It was not Super sincere. condescending. It was fake. What a prick. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Hey, can I ask you, too, a question? Go ahead. When so when Joey Bosa gets paid, literally like right before training camp starts, and the, he rolls in the locker room. What's the atmosphere in the locker room when he walks in? Ooh, let me hold something. <laughs> oh, hey, can I hold a dollar? It. Let me hold a dollar. I never understood that. Let me hold a dollar. Okay, what? <laughs> yeah, I I think that was like kind of old school. Let me hold a dollar because I moved that quickly to let me hold ten k. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I I moved that to from a dollar to ten k. But I think teammates are pumped. Everybody wants to see everybody get paid. Like, that is something that's very interesting. Although contract negotiations always get weird for people and it can get a little bit personal, and I guess some players it doesn't get like that. But inside that locker room, when somebody gets paid, everybody is happy for them because that's ultimately the goal of playing professional sports. So I would assume there's a massive celebration in that locker room as soon as Bosa walks in there. I assume there is more than a couple can't hide it. Can't hide it. It's coming from whatever pair of shoes he wears in there first day because he's got a great shoe game. But there's going to be overall, overall excitement from people for their teammate getting paid. And you don't even, as somebody that has to cover this now from an objective standpoint, you know, with a big brain, in the locker room, you don't even get into the old, well, since he got paid, now there's no salary cap left for me to get paid. Like That doesn't even cross people's mind. Even though people think players are very selfish and everything like that, the initial thought is, Good for you, man. I'm gonna try to get like you. You are you are, you own earned it. You deserve it. And now let's go ahead and get a championship so people know that our team exists. Hey As boys, is, we, we haven't hit break yet, by the way. So if you want to throw it a break, feel free. Don did not throw it throw it yet. Well, hey Pat, we're gonna go to break here right now. We'll be back on the other <laughs> side, 11:30 Eastern. We will have Jay Glazer, but Pat and I's conversation will continue. If you, boy AJ, boy AJ. Pat, where do they go to to, to to continue on this conversation? YouTube.com forward slash the alpha 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 dot com. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll be right back on the other side. Pat and I will continue on YouTube. Pat, what's up? They're not on break yet. AJ, let, let the radio clear. No. Uh-uh. Good. And clear. Yeah, Listen, you just spoke through the radio break. There's like local station identification that goes, Pat, what's up? Right in the middle of it. <laughs> hey, you'll be all right. You'll be okay, Pat. Don't worry. That's the first time ever I've done this show and someone said, and break. <laughs> <laughs>
who said that? Zito? By the way, I see Zito's doing full production producer move. He was oh, counting yeah. down the seconds until the hard out that you blew right through at the beginning of the hour. And then now he's like, hey, we haven't gone to a break yet. We have to do that. Zito, hey, no you're coming into your own, kid. Hey, I'm boy. trying. I'm trying my hardest right now. Hey, baby Z. Hey, baby Z. Bear down. Zito's doing a great job, man. I feel bad. Zito's got to run around like crazy when it, when I'm doing it remote like this. So, Zito, great work. I, well, if you don't know, Pat, I tried to throw it to break earlier, and as I was throwing to break, you popped back up on screen because you said your connection came back. <laughs> See? I couldn't hear you because my connection was bad. So that's on me. I interrupted you. But you know what? Adversity, AJ. Ever heard of it? Huh? <laughs> Life is not about what happens. It's how you react to what happens. Ooh. And that is on a poster in this hotel that I'm staying on <laughs> in right outside, by the way. Gentlemen, so speaking you, of reaction. When are you back in Indy? Uh, tonight. I'm flying back tonight. So I'm actually just collecting the tucks today. I had to go in this morning and get one final little touch-up because – you know, we did some change, but I'm flying back tonight with tucks in hand, ready to say, I do, I do, I do, I do. This Is everything going all right with the whole wedding? I know you had to, a change of venue and date uh, a couple months back. Sam, my lady has been a hero in this entire thing. She's had to, now granted, we, obviously, because we're getting married, so a lot of we talk, but she has handled a lot of the, you know, planning for this said weddings that were supposed to take place so from what i've been told we are all systems go we are clear for takeoff we are ready to have a great night i've been getting hell yeah from Let's go. i've been getting a lot of texts from people about what i need to think about during the day because i guess a lot of people have told me that the wedding will fly by so like make sure you enjoy the moment enjoy your bride because everybody, I guess, tries to talk to their friends that are in town. We don't have as big of a gathering because of this COVID-19 bitch. But I'm pumped for Sam to get a chance to enjoy all of her hard work in putting this wedding together. And I'm excited to, you know, have a bride after this weekend. And this tux that we're putting together, I, I think I'm going to look. Hey, hey, I'm going to look like you're one of the alphas you were talking about that you called me earlier. You know what I mean? Does she, does she know what your tux looks like or is it going to be a surprise to her? No, so I guess she's supposed to know what it looks like, but since I wasn't allowed to see any of the fucking dresses she's wearing, I've decided no, you don't get to see what I'm wearing either. Then that's just that's just the game we're gonna play. And just I don't know another if alpha move. You're just you're asserting your dominance once again. Well, and also just pettiness, you know, like it could have been very easy, <laughs> easily shown her. It, it does it doesn't matter, but since you know I don't get the chance to see the dress, I guess that's a big moment. Like we get we have a. Uh, a first look that's mm-hmm. going to happen on Saturday where I get to see her for the first time in her dress before we get married. And people have told me that that becomes a bit emotional. Now let's remember, I did not watch any Disney movies as a child. So a lot of people think that I potentially missed out on a lot of emotional development, but we will learn a lot this weekend. Whenever I see my incredibly beautiful lady dressed up to become a McAfee, I'm pumped up about it. Hey Pat, we got Jay Glazer at 1130. You're going to hang on here and we can talk to him together. I think I think my thing isn't. I think I gotta go. I think I, I gotta go. It. What are you gonna talk to him about? What should I talk to him about? You tell me. I uh, d- definitely gotta talk about that absolute buzzkill <laughs> fucking news drop that he ruined. <laughs> uh, you, gotta, you gotta do it. I know you requested him to be your guest on this show, uh, so I'm sure you have a lot of questions. But you have <laughs> to seconds. talk about that. Are we live? No, ten seconds away. We'll be live. Five, you gotta fucking ask four, about that because I don't even remember that guy's fucking name, and that two, was supposed to be big one. fucking news. You remember that? I mean, that was a big problem. Brian, hey, welcome back. This is the Pat McAfee Show. I'm AJ Hawk. We're back from break for the radio listeners. We've been keeping this going on YouTube. I'm joined 
currently still by the Pat McAfee, the ultimate alpha, will be getting married this coming Saturday. He's looking forward to it. Hell yeah. Jay Glazer yeah. joins us Hell at 1130. Yeah. Pat might hang on, but he claims he has to leave the room. I do not believe him. I think he can make it for 8 to 12 more minutes. But, Pat, no. welcome back to the, you know, welcome yourself back to the radio listeners. Well, hey, guys, I missed you yesterday. I want to be honest. I, uh, I tried to watch the show. Couldn't do it because I was in the sky. I uh, tried to keep up with it afterwards, but I was too busy doing a bunch of stuff to lock in this tuck. So I miss the listeners. I miss the viewers. I miss the conversation with the boys. Hey, with the boys. Hell hey. yeah! Hell yeah! Hey, what was the guy's name? You, what was the player's name that Jay uh, Brian Jay Allen? Out? That it, it, was, positive. it was Brian Allen. He plays center for the Rams. Superstar. Hey, by the way, if Brian Allen opted out, none of us would know. <laughs> True. Nope. Von Miller was like the next day, if you remember correctly. Oh, Ian Rappaport just took a dump on Jay Glazer the next day with Von Miller having COVID-19. But some hey, you're going to get got in this game. You just got to get yours more than you get got, though. And I think that's the message you got to say to Jay Glazer. Hell yeah. Well, didn't Haven't you had Jay on since he, he had that news dump? No. I don't think so. Oh, I thought you did. No, maybe you tweeted about it. You said Jay redeemed himself with some other drop he had. Oh, yeah, what news did he – About he did something. He broke some news, and I said, Jay Glazer's back, baby, and he, like, retweeted it, and then I got a bunch of tweets that was like, no, he is not. So I still am not 100% sure if Jay Glazer's back in the game, but I do know that Jay Glazer's decades and decades of hard work in Intel should not have been ruined by one terrible news break that he teased for 48 hours, but it sure feels like that's how the Internet reacted, and I think you as an upstanding journalist have to talk to him about that. Oh, ask. Well, I think he was, he was trying to hype up a new show that Fox was doing too. Didn't he announce the news on the show? Yeah, they had an internet show they were doing, and uh, you know that's always good. I, it was bad. It was all bad. It was all bad. But Jay Glazer's <laughs> our guy, and I'm sure he has a lot of information, particularly about how the NFL has been talking to the players here the first day of training camp. They just got tested, and they're still having virtual meetings. So then I guess tomorrow they'll get tested again. Anybody that has two negatives can go in the building and get to work, and then they'll get tested every other day for the first couple weeks. I'm assuming Jay Glazer has something about the messaging that has been sent from the NFL to the players about this Marlin situation, maybe some more players potentially opting out, why they're opting out. I think Jay Glazer will be a wealth of knowledge here for you in about – However many minutes. minutes. The clock doesn't work whenever you use your FaceTime sideways. What is that all about? This thing stinks. <laughs> six, minutes. six minutes. Five, Five minutes. minutes almost. Jay, But uh, Jay's schedule is going to change a lot because I don't know about you and Indy. Jay would go to a ton of training camps and hang out with the head coaches all the time. I'd see him with Mike McCarthy in Green Bay for a few days. I saw him in Cincinnati with Marvin Lewis. Like God. he is tight with so many coaches. <laughs> you just Bruce you yourself. To drop your phone. Like, do, do you feel bad now? For bad mouthing all of your guests that can't figure out their phone situation. <laughs> I used to think people were just the dumbest ever. Like, yo, figure out your phone, figure out technology. But this is impossible because I have to stay like this if I want to <laughs> stay in the camera frame because I got pillows and a bed. I mean, this is enough. okay. But I don't talk about situation, and I don't talk about problems. I talk about solutions. Mm -hmm. And I talk about answers. Amen. And that's what we're currently doing right now. And it might be a little bit of an echo because I'm screaming from the other side of the room right now. But I think I have found the solution here. This isn't one of those beds, turns out, that you can jump around on it and a piece oh, of a oh, glass oh. of wine on the other side will stay standing. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you're right. The Jay, 
the Jay Glazer handshake tour is not going to happen this year. So will he still have his insider, his intel? Will he be doing Zoom calls with all these people to get information from them? That's a good question as well. How much is this changing his profession, which he is – and we made fun of him rather hard for that entire Brian Allen guy or Brian Johnson guy. What's his name? Brian Allen. You got it. Brian Allen. I, I knew that. Backup center for a team that we know about. The <laughs> He has done great work giving us information. Oh, yeah. And I think he will drop some information on the show. But this changes all aspects of sports, man. Media people can't meet uh, with players. Obviously, they have to do it via Zoom. The players have to now watch everything that they're doing. COVID-19 has obviously affected the world in a terrible fashion, okay? A lot of people are going through things. Anybody that gets to play a sport for a living in the middle of this pandemic is obviously living a dream. That is true. But there is a new set of circumstances and guidelines that everybody has to adjust to, and I'll be excited to hear what Jay Glazer is doing to do that. What do you say to people that think the -the on-the-field product is going to be sloppy and not look like it normally does? Listen, I watch the MLS, and they look better than they've ever played before. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Okay, so – they are bad, but it is so much fun. We went to penalties last night, by the way. Round of 16, Columbus Crew, Minnesota, whatever their team's name, they went to penalty kicks last night. Minnesota has been practicing those. Columbus is not. Congrats to the Minnesota uh, soccer team over there that moves on. The MLS has been exciting. I don't know, AJ. I think that's a better question for you because I've always talked about how the first couple of days of training camp, if you have a new offense or a younger offense, the offense gets crushed and slaughtered by the defense because defense – is since the beginning of time, see ball, get ball. That's all it is. In the first couple of days of training camp on a very regular occasion, not when Peyton was there because that crew was around for a long time, I was always like, well, here we go. We're going to be punting 7,000 times this year. We can't move the ball at all. But then after a couple of weeks happen, the offense finds a little bit more rhythm. They know a little bit more plays. They do that entire thing. With this season, and they got 48 days still to kind of figure it out. No other strength and conditioning and padded practice. They won't have any preseason games. Do you think it's going to favor the defense early like it does with training camps? Yeah, it might favor the defense early. But honestly, like once you get into game action, like regular season games, it's it's football is football, man. Like, yeah. And especially if they have a six-week buildup where they oh. do like the workouts, then they go to kind of an OTA schedule, and then you have training camp. Yeah, there won't be preseason games, but you'll have enough ones-on-one scrimmaging and stuff. The, the toughest thing, I think, getting into a, a game is when your first like real live action in a game happens in preseason a lot. You're like, oh, there's no one blowing the whistle. Like this guy, normally you run as a defender and you kind of either tag off or you thud. And then your first time, like you're, you get so much more tired taking guys to the ground. That's what you realize. You have to chase the ball that much harder. You got to get them down. Sometimes you forget. Yeah, there you go. Like they want to see you throw your arms and thud the the backer receiver in uh, in practice, and then you get in the game, and you're like, oh, it takes a lot more energy oh to actually take oh this guy God. to the ground. Like Pat just showed me, I think his phone popped off the bed. As Great well. tackle. Would you? Wouldn't you get more tired when you would get into the regular season or preseason, and you're like, oh, I got to actually cover this punt now. I don't just get to stand here and watch this beautiful thing. I was so thankful for the regular season because we didn't have bums blocking for me in the preseason anymore. I was so much happier, and it was like, okay, this matters. So for me. I don't even like to have these conversations because, to be honest, my position is nothing in comparison to everybody else's position when it comes to training camp, the dog days of training camp. Like, I didn't mind training camp. Like, it's kind of cool. Like, all right, we're kind of getting away. I'll kind of hang out by the lobby where everybody hangs out with. We'll do a little camaraderie building. Okay, I'll go meet with the fans. I'll sign some autographs for like four or five hours. I'll eat some food here. All right. 
like training camp for me was just one big social gathering, you know, like it wasn't that bad where everybody else obviously has much different aspect of it. But when it comes to level of play, for me, when regular season heightened up a little bit, there's always something in your mind like, okay, this matters. You know, like, okay, this matters, this matters, this matters. And as much as you try to be professional, and I always like to have the mindset like, okay, practice reps are game reps. Like, and in practice, I would try to put myself into a situation where it's like, okay, here we are, fourth quarter, we're up six. All right, let's figure that out. I would always try to do that. And I think that's what the greats do. I think Vinatieri can do that. Jim Caldwell always talked about that's what Peyton was able to do. But there's just something to the regular season that just means so much more. And especially now, I think maybe that first game or two, there could be a situation where guys are like, oh, damn, this is real. Oh, damn, this is real. Here we go. There might be that moment of like, all right, we got to actually get to this thing. Hey, Zita, what's, the, what's our progress on uh, Jay Glazer? Uh, if you want me to call him on the phone right now, we could call him right now. I could pull him on the phone. Or if, uh, you I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to watch this. All right, there it is. Why? Because this is your face. This is what you wanted to do. You wanted to interview Jay. Hey, let's call to. him on the phone, Z, so we can keep Pat here. We can. Why is my hat crooked? Is this my head or the hat? That's a good it, question. It seems a little slanted, the hat. Or we could hang up on one of you and do a three-time FaceTime. Hang up on me so my connection's better. You got it. All right, Pat, here you go. <laughs> man. man oh man this is the pat magby show i'm pat magby i'm not <laughs> supposed to be hosting today though so the fact that i'm here is kind of bs i'm currently in a hotel in pittsburgh awaiting the final alterations for my tuxedo because i'm getting married on saturday to the love of life yeah! yeah! um i've been masked up out here in pittsburgh i've been in quarantine in this hotel i to be honest i'm going a little bit stir crazy but but for the wedding FTW. Oh, yeah. For the love. For the wedding. I'll be back in studio tomorrow. We have some great uh, guests. Pierre McGuire will be joining us from the bubble, I do believe. So we got some good stuff popping off. And then right now, I mean, get ready to have your eyes blown and your ears mesmerized. Not only is A.J. Hawk a Super Bowl champion joining me, Mm -hmm. but also a man who's an insider's insider, a man that penetrates any story that you could possibly fathom, the man who broke the news of the first ever COVID-19 case in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen. He will be. What are you wagging your finger at me, (laughs) Gito? Not yet. Oh, Jay. Is that Jason Mack? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The other Jay. Happy birthday, Jay. Happy birthday, Jay. Pat, did I see that yet, uh, Did I see that Fandle's giving out free money again tomorrow night? Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Dumbest, dumbest campaign in sports gambling history. We started this in Indiana with the Colts and Saints, and then we did it for the IU-Purdue game. It's called the Spread the Love campaign. Now, granted, when we first did it, they had only every 250 bets it would gain a point on the spread and we got the Colts up to like plus 59 and by the way they almost lost Mm -hmm. (laughs) then we did the IU Purdue game and we got the Indiana Hoosiers up to like plus a hundred and something in a a $50 max bet now we're doing it for the return of the NBA tomorrow night the spread the love campaign is every single state that is legal for FanDuel sports gambling every 2,500 bettors that pick the Lakers in the spread the love campaign it goes up a point the Lakers started at minus four we were at even money before we went to bed last night so 10,000 people already are in on it this is team betting to the nth degree we're in this together to take down FanDuel so if you are of age and in a state that FanDuel operates in we need you because this will be a lock 50 dollars in the pocket for everybody that gets in there this is team betting we need to do it now speaking of team betting 
Here's a man that I'll bet on to break news if I need some news to be broken. Not only is AJ Hawk Super Bowl champion here who's supposed to be hosting my show, so I'm not sure why I'm doing this from a bedroom <laughs> in Pittsburgh right now. But joining us now, your insider's insider from Fox Sports, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Glazer. Hey, so Pat, are you you're getting married this week? Is that what's going on? That's why you're over there? Saturday, I'm getting married. My final alterations to my tux are being made. I'm picking that thing up this afternoon and going right back to Indianapolis, Jay. I got two words for you. Elope. Please, man, take wedding advice from the dude who was married for a whopping 10 months. <laughs> I got all the answers. True story, man. I was married for 10 months. Um, my friends at my wedding had a divorce pool. Rondé Barber, 10 months, bam, on the nose. <laughs> My friends are jagoffs, clearly. <laughs> Did you make it? Are you still married? No, 10 months. I was married for 10 months. That's the point of the story. Oh, my God. That's less than, I think, hey, I think Vince, Vinny Chase from Entourage was what? He got divorced, I think, in like a week. Yeah. But aside from that, you, Kim Kardashian, Chris Humphreys. I mean, this is that's a record, Jay. That's an absolute record. Well, yeah, well, I really got divorced only so Rondé would win the 10-month, you know, thing that he been on the door. Friend of the year right there. That's nice. it. You know, how to sacrifice the wedding. All right, let's get into this because you are a good friend and your friendships are what make you basically such a weapon in this industry, in this world. What have you been hearing from NFL teams about what happened with the Marlins? Have they instituted anything with the Marlins or is there a lot of conversations like, hey, we need you guys to be locked down in your houses? Like, how are they going to handle this so we don't have a Marlin situation in every single NFL locker room? Because the locker room, NFL locker rooms, everybody's on top of each other. Yeah, look, we're obviously using this right now as a teaching tool to tell these guys it's on you. You know, you guys have to police yourselves. And, you know, obviously it's different because baseball, they're around each other every day. Football, you'll have that week break in between if there's an outbreak or something happens. But the problem with sports, man, whether it's baseball, football, anything, they all wait to the last second to figure stuff out. Happens all the time, right? We've had all this time here in the NFL, and they go down to the last second. It always happens. It's not just with this. It's with everything. That's what sports leagues and uh, what they do. There's no, here's the bottom line, there's no normal anymore. There's no normal. So that's our new normal, if that makes sense, probably doesn't. Um, <laughs> but as a result, every you want to be as proactive as you, as you can, but I don't think anybody knows really where to be proactive. So whoever's the best reacting, right, that's who's really going to, I think, have somewhat of a leg up, if you will. But, I mean, look at the Vikings. They did all this. They put so much time and effort and then their guy, Eric Sugarman, he ends up getting the COVID. So there is, as much as you want to say, okay, we got, man, we got all this stuff in place. We have this guy, you know, spearheading it, and then he, he gets it. How do you, you know, how do you prepare for that? Hey, Jay, how does this change your schedule? I mean, I know, I was telling Pat before you came on, you, you'd be riding in, in the head coach's car, wherever, whatever team I'm on. You, you have such a tight relationship with these guys. You're all over the locker room. You would travel yeah. around all over the place. Are you still going to be able to have that access remotely? And, and for not only yourself, but the rest of the media, like how are they going to handle this year? I, you know, I'm not going to go on my training camp tour this year, which sucks. I, I'd love Damn really it. look forward to it. Remember that bus I had? Fox, yeah, give me that bus. Awesome. I take my little rescue pit with me. It was awesome. I had so much fun doing that. I'm not going to do it this year because it's just so many protocols I have to you know, go through to get into each facility. So I'm going to do a lot of what you guys are doing. 
We're doing a ton of FaceTime, a lot of, you know, some Zoom, some, some, uh, a lot of phone calls. I'm going to have to put in the same amount of work. It's just going to have to be virtually. I got to adapt, man. I got no choice, right? We can't. Here's the bottom line. We will get through this because we got no other choice. That's our only freaking choice to get through this. So whatever we have to do to adapt, we can't sit and bitch about it and say, oh, my God, all these things. There's so much change. That's not going to serve me or anybody else any purpose. We've just got to roll with it and adapt as, as fast as we can and, and, uh, and somehow make it work for us better than it has in the past. I don't know if it'll be better than it was in the past. So that, that, I don't I gotta, want you to I have make, that expectation. But I got to make Jay, it that way. I, I like that you're doing that. Oh. I got I to gotta play games with my own head. I got I to gotta make it that way. Hey, however you got to frame it, Jay, it'll always yep. work out. It'll work out because it always has to, literally, because we're yep. just living this life. So it'll always work out. Let's talk about the Patriots organization here. And I honestly, I think that something is up here. Now, I, I, I just, and I, I'm not the only person. There's been people that have been saying, hey, what does Bill Belichick know about the rules of contracts during this <laughs> opt-out thing? How is he doubling his salary cap maybe <laughs> if these guys opt out? Is he telling people to opt out? Is there any truth to that narrative that Bill Belichick and Ernie Adams are puppeteering this entire opt-out thing to make their team in a much better position than they were just a couple weeks ago? Yeah, they got cameras and other guys, you know, COVID testing centers. And- <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you got as many um, conspiracy theories with the Patriots on this as you do with, you know, the, the government on this. But, man, if they're going to have guys opt-out, I don't think it's going to be guys like Hightower. So it's, uh, you know, or they're starting tackle. It's, I don't know what's going on over there because I'm looking at also because whenever it comes to the Patriots, you don't want to discount anything. You, you definitely don't. But I don't think there's any hidden rule here that Belichick's going to it. Hey, look, if, if it is, Vrabel will pick up on it pretty quick. And you'll see a bunch of Titans doing the same thing. Yeah, what, what, okay, so what do you think the Patriots do if they have this cap space? Do you, do you see them going out there and looking at guys? We had Mike Lombardi on yesterday, and he said, like Clowney is not a fit for the Patriots, yeah. but what about a guy like Clay Matthews? Why wouldn't Belichick try to bring him in? Yeah, I mean, but you don't need a lot of cap space for guys like that. You know what I mean? You can go after a guy like Clay. He's just, you know, they're not going to be huge money guys. There's a couple of guys out there on the street you're able to do that to. But usually, when you free up cap space, it's to you know make splashes. They make splashes the other way. They don't go out and make big trades and bring people in. You know, they're usually the ones trading. You know, doing crazy things like. Trading Chandler Jones and not missing, you know, not missing a step. Uh, they're not the one. Or when they traded Randy Moss to Minnesota, you know, they, they're not the ones who go out there normally and, and uh, pull Jamal Adams type of trade. Well, he did sign Cam Newton for a million bucks out of nowhere. <laughs> yep. Eighty-six days he was unemployed, which, by the way, is exactly to your point about a splash the opposite direction as opposed to dumping money. They actually somehow spend less money than. Every quarterback the Cowboys have on the roster for their starting quarterback somehow. I don't know how that works. Yes. Let's, go, let's go to your quarantine, Jay. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. You put a 48-hour teaser up, okay, on breaking news. 24. Is that a situation where you thought it was going to be bigger news than it was? Or is that a situation where people were being disrespectful and they shouldn't have been disrespectful to you? Oh, people be disrespectful me. I can care less. Um, no, look, that's the. I regret how it went down. I regret how it happened, without a doubt. Um, but it wasn't, you know. I said something because you and I were talking that day, and I was like, and I texted you. I'm like, no, it's not this. It's not that. 
the way my words came out were completely wrong. I wish I went on, you know, look, I always say I don't work for Twitter. I wish I went on Twitter earlier that day, though, and I was like, guys, I wish I said to the world what I said to you. It's No, no, no. It's, when I said it was a, a big news story, a national news story, I meant news, like national news. You know, and, um, you know, again, but Brian and I decided we're going to do it for the show and uh, for the Fox show, so it's not like I was going to reveal it on Twitter. But if I had to do it over again, I'd say, oh, my God, this is getting out of control. It's going to look bad on him. For sure, it'll look bad on us. It's going to, you know, really upset the, the nation out there. So, man, let me just tell everybody what it is. Uh, and it just, man, it got away from it. I regret it. I definitely regret it. I wish it didn't happen that way. But what happened was the night before, I went on a radio show, and the guys were laughing about what I had the next day. So I was like, no, 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 guys, it's an, it's it's serious. It's a national news story. It's serious. When I said I was serious, I meant it's serious, right? <laughs> Dude, that's COVID. It's serious. I but it came across like, no, no, this is really serious, huge breaking news. And man, it just, you know, the whole thing got away. And at one point during the day, I'm like, oh, this is getting out of control. This ain't gonna, this ain't gonna go over well. And I was trying to get in touch with people like, man, wait, maybe we should just release it. And by that time, I was actually getting ready for an MVP session. So I'm like, crap, man, I'll just, uh, I started diving into some other stuff with our vets. And it, like I said, it just kind of got away from me there. But Man, I wish it didn't happen that way. If I had COVID, I'd let Brian Allen break it on me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're going to get caught every once in a while, Jay. That's the business. In, <laughs> in the fact, by the way, that not only you owned it but moved on, all the work you've done outside of football reporting, I mean, that's just going to be a glitch in the matrix. No big deal. No big deal. I mean, Rappaport dunking on you the next day with Vaughn Miller, kind of rude, but – I will say, <laughs> I'm happy you owned it. Though. I was, I was texting you that, that that day. You were like, "What is it? What is it?" I'm like, "No, nah, dude, it's not. It's not. It's not what everybody thinks, man. It's not what everybody thinks." And like I said, I wish I was able to come out and kind of. I wish we could have shared our text with the whole world, so we didn't have this situation. I felt bad for Brian because he was kind of getting crapped on, as if he like wasn't a big enough name. Like, he, you know, that was you know part of it also. But you know, what was what I wish people would have gotten got missed. Back then, like, Brian didn't even understand, like, what the symptoms meant. So I was trying to use it to shed light on what the symptoms were, trying to do something good, but it ended up being bad because of the way I handled it. Jay, does it, does I it own make it. you hesitant uh, next time you have some big breaking news that you're not you're just going to dump it and you're not going to hype it up? Nope. Not at all. <laughs> when, it, when, it comes, when it comes to COVID, yeah. But if I got something that I have to wait – so he, you guys have to understand. I work for Fox NFL Sunday. I work for TV shows. So – this has happened every year of my career. I have to wait for Sunday to break stuff. I can't break it Thursday or Friday. And I've lost so many stories by having to wait for Fox NFL Sunday. That's my job. That's what I have to do. And a lot of them, thank God, man, they've, you know, they've held, which is great. So, you know, the, the problem is, um, A, you lose those stories half the time. B, you know, even my own guys would be like, oh, my God, how you get, like, my guys at Fox, they're like, you're crazy. We don't know how you, how you do this. How you sitting? And I've lost a ton of those stories, man, just because I have no choice but to wait till Sunday. So it's still my deal. Now, if I get something on a Monday and I know it's not going to wait, will I do it? Yeah. The only reason I didn't do it then is because we agreed we're doing something for the show. I didn't say, hey, Brian. And he's like, hey, let's put it out on Twitter. When it came to something like that, I wanted to honor where we decide we're going to do it. 
Jay, let's talk about your show. Has there been conversations about how the show will go this year? Because that show is obviously I've gotten a chance to see that set. I got a tour with a bunch of other people that won a contest to get a chance to go in there. I've seen it. You guys are all kind of there's a big family atmosphere. It's a big yeah. family group. Have you guys been figuring out how you're going to go about doing the show? And as a follow up, I'll let you kind of go on this run a little bit. Uh, if Since Fox NFL Sunday is not happening this Sunday, if you want to break any news, you can do that now. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, Pat McAfee uh, is uh, – no, forget it. I'm not going to do it. I was going to make a wedding joke, but I can't do it. I was <laughs> Don't put that bat out there. Months. Ten months right here, this guy. Hey, between <laughs> all of us on Fox NFL Sunday, they have like, what, six Super Bowl rings? We have like 28 weddings. So we're, not, we're not really good at it. Uh, the uh, By the way, have Kurt Menefee on one time and ask him uh, my about my best man speech at his wedding. Oh. The worst best man speech in the history of life. Oh no, man! No, I, I left the wedding. It was it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> I just I napalmed the wedding. I'm just I, I I made a couple jokes that I didn't realize that that were ended up being true. I had no idea. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, <laughs> Howie Long is filming it, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "What? What is? It's not the worst thing I've ever said." And uh, yeah, and. Didn't end up going great, man. But we recovered for brothers do. Hey Jay, um, for, Jay, we uh first off, I think we need some video. You need to release that video. That'd be breaking news. If we Howie Long got it. Howie Long has it on his phone. Oh. All right. Well, Howie's how, we'll put Howie on notice. Hope we get him on the show. Maybe he plays it for us. But last question for me. I know we gotta get to a break here in a second, but hey, Khabib, Justin Gaethje, how excited Ooh. are you? October twenty fourth, that fight's actually happened. Yeah, well, shoot, I work for Bellator, so I'm excited about our fights this week. I know. I know you're working for Bellator, <laughs> no, but you're, but, you're hey, an MMA Khabib, enthusiast. Khabib is, man, his double leg takedown, dude, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, he can shoot across the highway for you and take you down. So, you know, that's the thing. If Gaethje can stay on his <laughs> feet, down. sure, he can get him. But, man, I've never seen anybody be able to stay on their feet. People stay on their feet with Khabib because he decides to let them stay on their feet. Otherwise, he's going to do whatever he damn well pleases with you. Hey, Pat, by the way, what you said about Fox NFL Sunday. Good elbow. Um, I just talked to our producer, Bill Richards, about it the other day. We're still figuring it out because what's great about us is obviously we are family. We go on that show, man. We don't rehearse. We don't meet. We have one little meeting where we kind of talk about stuff. We have a fake rehearsal, like, and then we just go. It's, you know, these, we're each other's family. We're, bro we're best mans at each other's wedding, godfathers of our kids. And it's, uh, it's special and different. I'm not sure how we're going to do it yet because obviously we can't have all of us together on the football field or all of us together on the desk. We've got to keep our chemistry. Uh, I'm sure we can keep our chemistry yelling across the room at each other, but that's still something that they're working out. I, I, like I said, I think nothing is normal anymore, so somehow we're going to have to make our new normal just as good as our old normal. Well, good luck with that, Jay. We appreciate you joining us. Can't wait to Love see what guys. news you br break next. We can't thank you hey. enough. And hopefully hopefully you haven't drank all those bottles of wine that are just sitting right behind you there. <laughs> you like that, right? I'm a big cork dork, man. A cork dork? Cork dork. Wow. I love that. I like the throttle bottles, but I'm not that much of a cork dork. I respect everything you got going on. Ladies and gentlemen, you're inside the you. insider from Fox and Bellator. Ladies and gentlemen, Jake Laser. Thank you. Good yeah. hey. you, boys. Hey. Thanks, Jay. See you, buddy. All right, if you want to throw to a break here, we'll uh, fade away to a different screen pad. We're, I think we're, we are we're in No, break. we are in a break, but if you just want to. We're in a break? Yeah, it came out of nowhere at 47. 
what the fuck have you guys been doing back here? I couldn't tell you. I, I'm, I have, I've been looking around this room. I have no clocks anywhere around me right now. So the only one is on my phone. And since I'm on FaceTime, it won't pop up for whatever reason. I, I enjoyed talking to Jay. You could tell you could tell there was some nights there after that uh, Brian Allen news that broke where he was not thrilled to be Jay Glazer, I bet. Yeah, yeah, it's real nice that he showed, you know, big, big regret just because it, obviously it didn't turn out how he wanted it to. Would you ever do something like that in your life, show regret? Would I ever do anything like that? I don't even know how to spell regret, so no. <laughs> AJ Hawk, fun fact, oh, AJ yeah. once. What's on your dry erase board back here, Connor? AJ Hawk, fun fact, AJ once left a liquor store carrying 10 cases of Bush Heavy beer. Is that true? Yeah. It's on Wikipedia. He's he, muted. You're muted. He's, he can't fucking unmute himself, but he can carry 10 cases of Bush. Yeah, it's a ton of cases. Think about that. Five in arm? Sweet Jesus. That's a Am record of muted? some sort. I mean, no, that you're, has good. To, no, you're, good you're still muted, AJ. I mean, you're still muted. No, he's good. <laughs> no, I'm good. I think I'm good. I was just talking to Jay on the FaceTime that we stayed on, and I was trying to explain <laughs> to him what was going on because he was just standing there staring at the camera, and it was just me and him. Like, <laughs> hey, man, I think uh, the radio show went to break, but the YouTube's still live. I'm not really sure what we're doing here. And then like I got a, a notification no from man's Vito telling me to join this. Uh, hey, that's a Zito production, baby. Hey, he felt terrible about that Brian Allen reaction. And it was obvious. I kind of feel terrible for bringing it up. Feel bad for Brian Allen, too. I don't. I, mean, I think he was. I understand what you're saying. I, I think we're going back in a minute, guys. I mentioned a UFC fight and not a Bellator fight. Yeah, what was that all about? I because he does work for Bellator, so I guess we have to get that plug. He had to be on him, but he is like the guy that started introducing MMA training to football players. Yeah, and I mean, believe me, I know. I see him on the desk of Bellator. I knew he had a Bellator shirt on, but I think he's you're free to talk about all MMA, yeah. not just the one company you work for. Does Bellator really think they're going to compete with UFC, by the way? No. They can't. No. I mean, they know they no. can't overtake them, but they want a chunk of the pie. And Bellator is backed by uh, Viacom. <laughs> Viacom has... <laughs> Endless money, so they can they can throw some. Oh, oh, Anderson Silva! Do you see that dog? I didn't see it. Do it again. Exactly. That's what's gonna fucking happen. You 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 know you know what I mean. Ten seconds are back. <laughs> are you threatening oh, I'm me? I'm sorry. We're almost five, back. four. I'll bring us three, back. Bat. Two, one. Thank you, AJ. Uh, welcome back, all the radio listeners. Hopefully, you were tuning in on YouTube to to follow our. Uh, the end of our interview with Jay Glazer. This is the Pat McAfee Show. I'm AJ Hawk sitting in for him. We have a few minutes left. Pat is still with us from his hotel room in Pittsburgh. Pretty spacious hotel room for some reason. He's been laying on his stomach staring into the camera all day. He doesn't know how to say <laughs> Oh, my yes. God. But he is currently trying some form of karate, it looks like, on his bed. What's up, Pat? What's going on, AJ? Thanks for having me. Thanks for hosting. You've done a fantastic job. Can't thank you enough for stepping up here with the boys. I'll be back in studio tomorrow, so go ahead and take some time off, maybe hang out with the kids. But thank you for everything that you've done, and what a wild time to be in sports, huh, AJ? <laughs> <laughs> what a wild time it is. Are we doing? We're doing McAfee and Hawk tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. What time's our hard out, Z? We have a minute left, guys. One minute, Pat. What do you got? One minute. What do you, you have? Some inspirational oh. words for the audience. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes when you're waiting for a private plane, four hours, five hours, to fly you to get your tuxedo perfectly altered for the wedding that you're going to have this weekend to marry the love of your life, you have these deep conversations with yourself. You say, hey, Pat, 
how did we get here? Hey, Pat, why are we here? Hey, Pat, why do you keep saying your name whenever you say hey to yourself? And the reason is because at some points you have to look in the mirror, you have to look inside and say, what are we going to do with our lives today that make us better than yesterday? Today, for instance, I decided to roundhouse karate kick a pillow or two. I decided to talk to Jay Glazer. I got to talk to AJ Hawk, and I had the mindset that today is better than yesterday and tomorrow in tomorrow's tomorrow Five, will be better than today four, so whenever you look three, in that mirror and you see two, that home plate one. looking face Thanks, i want you to Matthew tell you <laughs> what we just ended radio just went to break We're done. <laughs> I, thought I was I trying not it. to cut you off Pat. I i'm sorry I was trying I not to it. cut you off. I figured it's your show. You know when your heart out is. You've been doing the show for two years. Apparently, you do not know. It doesn't it, have a clock, AJ. I don't have a fucking clock, AJ. Okay. Jesus Let's Christ. Scan that. How about you scan that hotel room? I'm guessing there's a clock somewhere. I did. I just looked, but it's actually it's it's off, though. <laughs> right over there. Because I unplugged it to plug in my phone. Uh, <laughs> no, for, yeah. the show, for the show that you were I supposed to host it. today, AJ. <laughs> I believe you. Well, yeah, so your radio show is off right now, Pat. It's just the, the YouTube stream. And you did leave us with a pretty inspirational chat. I was, just getting, I was just getting going, though. The home plate oh, yeah. face was just starting. You know, like, I, I don't know where I was headed. I don't know what the last chapter that was going to be. But I was excited to get there just like everybody else was, I'd assume. And I'd say, there it is right there, bingo. <laughs> I, AJ, you got to admit, it kind of does look like your face. Seriously. Yeah, I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to understand a little bit. The hair especially. <laughs> All right, I'm done with this show. This <laughs> yeah, Pat, thank you for joining uh, your own show today. I've had fun the last few days. I know you said at 11:22 you had to go. It's currently 11:55. Thank you for staying with us. I don't know what you're, what you delayed, what was going on. Maybe you have another private jet delay. That's the only reason you were able to stay with us. But thank you uh, for coming on the show today. I appreciate you. No, I just wanted you to kind of sink out there with just Jay Glazer. I mean, it would have actually gone much easier if it was just me because we wouldn't have the back and forth that I'm getting in my ear that we're going to a radio break, but we're staying on YouTube. All this situation's happening. I don't want to cut Jay off and say, hey, we got good. radio's going to break, guys. Keep, you got, but continue your great chat. Like, I wasn't going to do that. Welcome to the jungle. That's show business, baby. Yeah. What have you Welcome. learned? Have you learned that I make it look incredibly easy? <laughs> Is that what you've learned? <laughs> Yeah, you're great at what you do. I'm not saying you're not. You're just, amazing at what you do. It's just in studio is a lot, lot different. When you're in studio, you know when you're going to break. I just don't. I don't want to be rude and cut people off and make it just for the radio listeners. Well, you don't have a clock in there. You don't have a clock to look at the time. Is that what it is? Oh, the I internal know exactly shot what time clock it is. too. You got to have. I know when the breaks are supposed to happen. Question Pat. that you know is not going to carry them all the way to the break. What'd you say? <laughs> this show stinks. <laughs> That's the problem. You haven't figured out that when we talk at the same time, it mutes me, and I can't hear what you're saying. Well, I'm on a FaceTime, too, from outside, so it's not just like picking and choosing. I mean, it's, it's normally probably just going with whoever, but I want to let you know, I think you've done a great job the last couple of days. Let's I've go. enjoyed it. Now, the voices in your head telling you, like, hey, we got to get to a break. Hey, we need this. We're in this. Maybe throw to YouTube so we can promote that a little bit because they're watching as well, so let's remember them. That stuff is all things that you'll be able to deal with, but I think you've done a really good job. 100% serious. It makes no sense to me why you don't have a job at one of those main networks, but I'm sure fucking excited that they haven't hired you. Yeah! AJ Hawk! AJ Hawk! AJ Hawk! AJ Hawk! AJ Hawk! Woo! Ah!
That boy, Nick. Get that last one in there. Had to. You, you deserve Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Pat. It's all, hey, this is what I have the most fun doing. That's a big reason. This, you know, I what thought me about you this. Do. I forget who I was talking to about it within the last 24 hours. So it's somebody either at the hotel or somebody at the alteration place. But like when you go on ESPN or Fox, they've like established their network here for so long. They have rules. And if you break rules, you got to go through this person, this person, this person. Like, this is my network, I guess. So, like, if somebody breaks the rules, do I have to handle it? Like, I'm the one that has to be like, oh, you can't fucking say that. Like, is that what I'm supposed to do? Is that? And if we continue to grow here, which we're going to try to do, obviously, we're going to try to add add shows. I don't think I'm going to add people to the office because I just don't know making somebody move to Indianapolis to create content would be weird. But I think we're going to continue to add shows to this channel. like Because I'd like to be live throughout the day. Because I think, you know, I think we can offer an alternative sports option for people to cover now we don't have highlights or anything like that but when somebody fucks up on there am i the person that's gonna have to like mm -hmm. do that like i'm the person that's gonna have to be like hey mm -hmm. on this network we don't do that mm -hmm. like yeah, is, hey, is that what i'm gonna have to do because i feel like that is potentially uh a weakness of mine okay. telling people you can't say something or do something well, that's the tough part about being the boss you're gonna have to make the tough decisions eventually and you know like you're already huge in what you do and your channel and everything that you've built but if you do take on more things you take on more people someone's gonna come on and say something on a show on your network where you're gonna have to publicly condemn them and be pressured to fire the person by the way I am huge you're right <laughs> boys we have uh we have great breaking news here we go Positive breaking news that the for the second straight day in a row, the, no one on the Phillies has tested positive for COVID-19. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Let's play ball. They were, they were basically dancing with death there with the Marlins there whenever the Marlins had 75 people get COVID-19. The Phillies somehow playing on the same diamond with the same ball in the same park at the same time as a team that was having a COVID-19 outbreak manages to have none. Shout out to the Phillies. Shout out to COVID-19 deciding that they don't want to infect Philadelphia Phillies locker room or dugout. And sucks for the Marlins that they continue to be the only team that has anything go wrong. This is positive, though. This is good stuff. This means if you're around COVID-19, it doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to have it. That's good news for the NFL. And by the way, that's good news for the world, baby. Here we go. Yeah. Come, on. The world. Come on now. Here we go. The show is over. Pat, what do you got next today? I got to go pick up my thing, the whole thing. So the next time I leave this hotel, I'll, I will see my entire tux in its entirety for yeah. the first time. Good for you. Well, I know I'll be I'll be talking to you tomorrow, but hope everything's going well. Hopefully Sam isn't too stressed out. Maybe you're taking a few things off her plate. I know she has enough to deal with already. I hope you're pulling your weight. I'm not. <laughs> I've noticed that I've – whenever – the other night – She's going through like a checklist of all the shit, you know, and I had no idea what any of it was like most like 70% of it. I had no idea what was going on. Like with the details, the finer details that she's put together here are just na the napkins, the fucking everything. It's like, it's insane. And then we went through pictures of our grandparents the other day. Cause there's going to be pictures of people we wish were there and stuff like that. It got real emotional. I, I, Jay, have you seen pictures of uh, Dad's mom? Yeah, it's been a little while, but I've seen a few. See, I, I don't think I've seen him in a. Maybe I've saw him when I was a kid, but 
there's like 10 pictures of my dad's mom and my dad's mom passed away when my dad was 17. So my mom never even met her. And then there was pictures of my dad's mom's mom and dad. So like, I got a chance to like see like ancestry.com basically the last couple of days because Sam has collected all of this. So it's mm -hmm. like, it's been a really cool emotional last couple of days, but Sam's been the MVP by far. And I just hope she says yes or whatever on sa uh, Saturday, because if she decides to say no, I mean, I, just, I would like to tell her now because she's probably watching. Like, you wasted a lot of work, so like, uh, <laughs> just think about saying yes. You know, that'd be cool. Well, I think it's a safe bet she will say yes. And I well, planning a wedding by yourself, which is what she has been doing pretty much, is already enough adversity and so much three. difficulties. Three, three times, three mm -hmm. different weddings, different locations. But then. You got to finalize everything during COVID and follow protocols and do all that and, and try to figure all those things out. I mean, I don't know. That's more than a full time job. That's brutal. So credit to yeah. her. She's a badass. I'm very lucky. The things that she's very good at, I stink at emotions, caring, putting things together, stuff like that. I am not good at at all. She's the perfect yin to my yen. And, uh, it all comes to be on Saturday, and hopefully my tux fits, and hopefully it looks good. Hopefully, hopefully. We'll see. Fucking Mitt. What's going on, dog? Jeez. Nice Atta wave. Boy. Yeah, you look pretty good, dude. It's off, man. Hey, it's college football <laughs> you, oh, you, man, you, you alcoholic. such a bag of bones. You should have seen him stumbling in this morning. I thought he was going to throw up before we came in here. He looks sober, I thought. Sober. Uh, no, it's because, you know, he did something before he came in here. Whoa. Oh, you smoked vitamins. Not true. Cocaine. Mm, it's a couple smelling salts as well. I mean, the kid is off his rocker today. Wait, you're not, by the way. Look at you. You're <laughs> not. I feel good today. This is like the best I've felt in like three days. Yeah, all the Patriots quit. Feel good. No, no. It's just because we already knew it. And now we have so much cast space. We're going to bring back probably Tlaib, Logan Ryan, you know, bringing Everson Griffin. And we might as well go get Timmy Jernigan, too. If we don't have linebackers, let's just get the D-line stacked up. We'll be fine. Hey, fairytale land. Who cares? Patriots <laughs> are so good even though all their players aren't playing. Let's go. Hey, Somehow, need... some way, Bill Belichick's going to make it work. AJ, you're the greatest. I got to go do my thing. Uh, thank you for covering me, uh, covering my ass here the last couple of days. All right. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you you guys back in the studio, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. See you, boys. See, see you. Boys. Safe travels. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ty, thanks. Oh. <laughs> Did AJ just hang up? Yeah. 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 yeah he's <laughs> he's done. Yeah. You got, you got minimized. Hey, boys. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Ty. Yeah. The pilot we had oh. was uh, one of your favorites. Yeah. Captain Boozebag, I heard. Mm. Yeah. As soon as he walked. Now, granted, I mean, the traveling was a fucking nightmare but when he walked in i knew we were okay and i was pretty pumped that there's still the rule that i will not get on a plane with you uh because i knew your reaction to him flying us would have been a bit negative and we didn't need that four hours into that thing well i would have been more concerned about the fact you had that delay there's a lot of mini fridges around there with ice cold beers in there that he could have found you know <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right i'll see you guys i'll see you all right man i'm going up. this episode is brought to you by fracture Fracture turns your digital images. This episode is brought to you by Fracture. Fracture turns your digital images into beautiful glass prints. That's right. They print your photos directly on glass, transforming your memories into handcrafted, frameless prints. My fiance just got one of these, uh, a Fracture print of our dog. Let me tell you, the quality is unmatched. 
I mean, it looks just like him. The artistry, the the glass it's on, it looks incredible. Got that thing sitting in my living room, and it is a great, great conversation piece. Fracture helps you focus on the moments that matter most by turning your favorite memories into beautiful glass prints. Fracture prints directly on durable glass with soft edges for soft handling. And the prints come in multiple sizes, no frame required. And each print comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. If for any reason you do not love your print, Fracture will make it right. Glass prints also make unique gifts for your friends and family that they'll never forget. I got a wedding coming up. I can't think of a better gift to give a new couple than one of these Fracture prints of them. Maybe on like a beach or like on the Empire State Building, you know, a nice vista behind them. Fracture prints look incredible, and you really need to see them to believe it. Upload your photo at FractureMe.com slash Pat to print your photo on glass today. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. When you visit Fracture-Me-Dot-Com-Slash-Pat and enter promo code PAT20, You'll get 20% off your order. That's FractureMe.com slash Pat and enter promo code PAT20 to save 20% off your Fracture glass print. We thank Fracture for sponsoring this podcast. Now we have to pivot to the college football world. We have an absolute legend, a man who is coached now in six different decades. The sport of football in this man's name are synonymous. National champion, now the head coach for the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. Ladies and gentlemen, the handsome, the young, the incredibly good dancing, Mac Brown. Thank you, Pat and guys. You were doing good there till you got incredibly handsome and dancer, and then you lost some credibility. No, hey, everybody knows that that video that came out of you dancing in that locker room was next level magical, and you had some rhythm in there, Coach. You had some rhythm in there. I got better. You got to get better at the end of the year. So I, I made progress. I told the guys, okay, you've embarrassed me, and, and my <laughs> wife said it's the most embarrassing thing anybody's ever done nationally. So at least you can help me. So we got to the mop. And when we got to the mop, we were better. They, I don't know if it was the mop or the bop, but you looked incredible with it either way. <laughs> Coach, can we talk about how, and I said this in the introduction, you, that C, Coach. Wow. I don't know if you can see this or not. Coach, look at you. You're five, and look at that. That's Woo! good rhythm, too, Coach. You look, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Only for you. Hey, well, you're amazing. It's been very nice to meet you this last year because I got to work with the crew that you worked with the year before whenever you were still retired as opposed to going back and coaching at UNC. And I'd like to talk about your work at UNC because you've been able to turn around that program very quickly. But let's go ahead and take a trip back a little bit. When I introduced you, I said, this man has coached football in six different decades. That is something you're a football guy through and through. Everybody that's ever played for you loves you. I mean, that has to feel damn good. But let's talk about your time at Texas because that's where you won a national championship. What was it at Texas that you had that incredible run and then you decided to step away? Was there any big reason behind that or was it just you felt like it was time? Pat, I I did feel like it was time. 16 years as my wife says, four presidential terms at one school anymore is a long time. Lou Holtz told me when I was a young coach, five years is long enough, seven's eternity, 10 is way too long. And, and so I, I went 16, and, and I think uh, I was worn out 
because I hadn't had a break for 31 years and, and there's no sabbaticals for head coaches. So if you could just take a break for a year, like I had a five-year break as such and, and did TV and had fun doing it, but I got my energy back. I got to see things from a different perspective from the media. I saw things from a different perspective in coaching. I saw so many games. I saw practices. And as the head coach at Texas, you don't get to do that. You stay in your little bubble and, and you're worried about recruiting. You're worried about the same speeches. The media gets tired of you. You get tired of them. They've heard all your stories and they don't laugh anymore. And, uh, <laughs> so it, uh, sometimes it's just best for all parties to move. When I when I got there, Pat, I asked Coach Royal, legendary coach that the, the stadium's named after, what do you have to do to be successful at Texas? He said, there's a lot of diversity here, Coach. He said, you got national media. You got local media. You got faculty. You got grassroots. You got boosters. You got billionaires. He said, you got high school coaches more than anybody else in the country. And and then you've got ex-players. And, and then you've got uh, people that just move in and they become Texas fans. And he said, it's like the BBs have been, been in a box and the box has dropped. The BBs are scattered all over the room. He said, your job's to get the BBs back in the room. And I had them in the room for about 12 of those 16 years. The last four, I had some BBs bouncing around a little bit. Uh, I didn't do as good a job with it. So it was just time for somebody else to step in. Do you think you potentially, and I, nobody will doubt your love for the game, but do you think you had to kind of reinvigorate your love for football after 16 years at one place and kind of getting worn, I don't want to say worn out after 31 years of coaching, but do you think you had to kind of step away to kind of find that flame again for the sport of football? I did. I asked Coach Royal why he quit. He won three national championships. He quit at 52. And, and he made a statement, Pat, that's really good for, for all of us. He said the, the wins became a relief and the losses became devastation. Mm. He said, I had no joy in my life. So we're 25 and 2. And in 08 and 09, we play for the national championship. We lose to Tech with three seconds left when we're number one in the country. We lose to Alabama when we lose our quarterback after five plays and I'm mad and I'm frustrated. I'm not even happy with the team. They won 25 games and they lost two. So I kind of lost who I was and, and I've gone back now and I'm enjoying the guys and I'm enjoying the day to day with them. And I'm enjoying doing what I got into coaching for. And that's to mentor young people. And uh, all of our coaches are younger than I am. I'm mentoring our young coaches and it's fun. It's fun because I had all these older guys mentor me and that's a gift now I can give back to them. I got a chance to call a couple UNC games this past season. I got a chance to go into your hotel and kind of see the energy and feel the vibe of that UNC team. And I obviously wasn't call, uh, covering college football before last year, but whenever we went into the UNC game and I looked and I kind of knew about the UNC Tar Heel football program going into there, whenever we walked into that hotel that first time, it felt like a very different vibe in there. And then obviously Sam Howe, your freshman quarterback, Quarterbacks, unbelievable, but it felt like the entire team had this belief like, hey, we can be a good squad. And you kind of, I don't want to say you flipped that overnight, but it did feel as if Mac Brown shows up, team gets competitive all of a sudden. What was the first couple of steps to get that team to kind of believe and like buy in that they could be a good squad? Yeah, Pat. Larry Fedora did a good job here in the last couple of years. He had a bunch of injuries to quarterbacks, a bunch of bad luck, and it just it didn't work. So what we had to do is, is number one, gets a communication level with the players. So we walked in and said, what do you, what's wrong? 
Why are you losing? Tell us what you need. Food stinks. We'll fix the food. Uh, that, so I ate every day on the training table, which didn't help me the way I look. <laughs> uh, Sally and I went in, ate every meal. If the food wasn't good, we said, this is unacceptable. And that lettuce is older. I'm not eating that. Pick it up. Get it out. So there's some credibility there with the players. And why don't you go to your players' lounge? We don't like what's in there. Uh, here, notepad. Write down what you want. What, what you want? We want two Papa shots. Uh, what kind? Write down what kinds you want. We'll get you two Papa shots, but I want you using them. I want you in there. Well, coach, we don't like those video games. Tell me what video games you want, but I want you in there and I want it clean. Uh, what's wrong with your dressing room? They said you left your stuff laying around. Well, coach, we, it, it doesn't have a, a filter system in it. It's uh, our clothes are dirty. They're wet. They're uh, okay. We'll get you new lockers. Help us design them. Wow. Come in here. What do you want in this locker? What? Uh, coach, we'd like another uh, outlet for our iPhone and one for our computer. That's good. We got it. What else? Well, some of those sit up too straight. We'd like to have ours. Lean. That's great. <laughs> clean it up. Keep it clean. Uh, so what you have to do is learn to communicate with young people. And they say there's generation gaps. There's not. There's communication gaps. Mm. And and you got to be able to talk to people. And my gosh, I didn't lose my ability to talk to somebody that I like. Um, and, and then... You bring a certain amount of credibility with a Hall of Fame when you walk in that room because they all want to win. They all want to play in the NFL. They all want to have fun. They all want to be taught. And and then what you do is you build up that trust. You build up that respect. And then we have a common purpose. And our common purpose is simple, Pat. We want to have fun, which a lot of people aren't doing right now in, in sports. There's too much pressure and they're miserable and they're worried about losing and getting fired or getting a better job. I, I got none of that. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I'm here. I'm here as long as I'm doing a good job and, and happy with it. Uh, so have fun. Uh, secondly, we want you to graduate. That's what you came for. If you're not good enough to play, we'll try to find something for you to do, but graduate. That's what you came for. And if you get that, you're a success. Uh. And then thirdly, uh, we want to prepare them for, for life after football because that's really, really important to, to us. And, and then last, we want to win all the games. And, and when people say – how are you going to be next year? You, how many you think you can win? I said, all of them. <laughs> if you're not going to tell your players you can win all of them, why are you going to say, let's see, there's there's six we can't win. <laughs> and here's the six that we can't win. So let's don't worry about them. No, you want to win all of them. That's your goal. That's your job. That's like the classic whenever a, a, a media person asks a quarterback, like, do you think you're an elite quarterback? And what is he supposed to say? No, I'm terrible. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm struggling. <laughs> that, that guy would get slapped out of the locker room if he was to say that. It's like, hey, we need no you question. to think you are the guy. And and I said this after meeting you for the first time in that uh, production meeting. I said to my boys, actually, I was like, hey, I never understood why the Mac Brown hype was everything that it was. Because during those years, my West Virginia team that I was on, and I, I just rode the coattails of very talented people, like we were a good squad, right? But the Texas, everybody was getting hyped up. And I kind of had like this animosity. I'm like, what oh, the hell with the coverage of Mac Brown? Like, I am sick of this. And then I had one conversation with you, and I came out of that room, and I was like, hey, Mac Brown is the real deal, dude. That guy is the truth. And I think after listening to you speak uh, for that first time, both in private conversation and also here, I could see how you can make basically anybody want to run through a wall for you, Coach. Well, that Pat, is we, thank you. We, we also have three basic principles that are not that hard to go by. And if everybody would do this, we wouldn't be having the issues in our country, in, in my estimation. Be fair. We talk about injustice. If you're fair, you don't have injustice. Be fair to uh -huh. everybody. 
all the time. Secondly, be consistent. People want to know who you are. If, if you're this way one day and this way the next, I want, I want to be like 50 first dates. <laughs> I, I, I want our, our staff to know what I'm going to do and why I'm going to do it all the time. They're going to be included. We, we ask the players all the time, what do you think? But then I've got to make the final decision. And then lastly, always do what you know is the right thing to do. If you do that, you don't ever have to second guess. You don't ever have to look back. So be fair, be consistent, and do what's right. And and life's not that hard when you when you do all that. People wonder why our kids buy in. They know what we're going to do. And we have a leadership committee. And I'll ask them, give me your opinion for discipline. Give me your opinion. What what do you want? What uniforms you want to wear? You want to go to the movie Friday night or not? I don't care. I want you to win. <laughs> tell, tell me what you want to do. So. They come up with a lot of the ideas that that steer our program. Ah, coach. Hey, there's not a lot of coaches like you, man. And it makes a lot of sense why everybody talks the way that you talk. Because whenever we traveled around and met a lot of coaches and also my experience and things like, whenever I heard you talk, I was like, there's a reason this dude is the guy. And the fact that you, because a lot of people can talk about it, right? But can you actually walk the walk? And whenever we talk to your players, they're all like, Max the coolest dude. He he literally. We said something. He gets it done. But the ex- expectations are still high, and accountability is still a real thing. And when you have that, especially with young people, you're going to have success. What do you got, Diggs? Mac, you're just talking about doing the right thing. And we had Reggie Bush on probably a month ago or so, and and we were talking about his Heisman being taken away, and how the committee or whatever then came to Vince Young and proposed him having the Heisman. Did he talk to you about that? And did you guys talk about doing the right thing potentially in that situation? We we, we did, but. Uh... Uh, Vince was better about it than I was. Vince said, you know, if Reggie loses the Heisman, they give it to me. I said, hey, don't don't say no yet. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's big. And uh, Vince said, no, I, I didn't win it, Coach. He won it. Um, he deserves it. If they take it away, uh, I don't want to be a second choice. And, and good for him. So, uh, again, though, I, I think it's what Pat's saying, guys, is you've got to have a relationship with your players – that you can say anything you want without hurting their feelings because if they know you care about them. Uh, when I first married Sally, she she said, you're too direct. This is first six months. And I'd already been divorced. I didn't need it again. <laughs> I said, come on, Sally, what, what do you mean? I said, I love you very much. I'm never, ever going to say anything to purposely hurt your feelings. So if I say something, and, and it's not what we say, and, and you all live it every day, it's what people hear. Oh, Sometimes you'll say, what? That's not what I said. That's what you heard. Well, I told her, and this is what we tell the players. If I say something that hurts your feelings, come and ask me. I didn't purposefully hurt your feelings. You misunderstood. So come on, man. Come back to me and ask me what I meant, not what you heard. That literally happened in this studio yesterday, <laughs> Coach. I don't know if you saw it. I got uh, I got a couple FUs from a guest on the show okay. yesterday. But oh, I do want to talk to you because – about Sally, your wife, because whenever we were doing the production meeting, it was like a more personal conversation because you and Adam Amin are tight and you and Molly are tight and the production crew were tight. And it felt like me and Hasselbeck were actually like sitting at a family <laughs> meal almost at the time. And it was it was very cool to listen to you talk about your wife. I'm about to get married next week. Any um, any uh, uh, tips, guides to make this thing last forever and hopefully not mess it up completely, which I feel like I have a strong <laughs> chance of doing? <laughs> Yes. Well, Pat, number one, congratulations. Thank number you. Number two, yeah. you, you waited, so you, you you prepared for this and knew what you were looking for at this at this 
early age in your life. Thank you. Um, but and I would think that uh, yes, ma'am. Um, uh, I like that, honey. Uh, <laughs> great thought. Uh, oh boy, do I love you? Uh, how about this? I call my wife at least once a day, sometimes twice, just to check on her, see how she's doing. I call her before I go home every night to make sure she knows when I'm going to get there. Uh, or I'll text her and say, on my way, be five minutes. Uh, and then, like I said, I've said, I, I love you. You're a great friend of mine. So let, let's don't uh, let's don't fight. You, you don't ever fight. It, it's not worth it. Uh, you, you have discussions and, and you can have fun discussions and uh, don't ever go to bed mad and, and don't ever fight. Uh, pick things that are really important to you to share with her. But if it doesn't matter, let let her have it. Oh. <laughs> Whatever she wants, just let it go, and 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 it it works better. Yeah, that's what I can't wait to do with that master uh, marriage man, uh, Mac Brown. I appreciate that. Let's talk about an interesting conversation though. That might be a little bit of a fight. And that's current college football setup. Now, we've heard the Big Ten talk already, and I think they did it from a business standpoint. They said, we're going to have an interconference games. And then uh, Pac-12 allegedly co-signed with that. And then the SEC, they've moved all their sports from the fall except for football. And you haven't really heard anything from the ACC yet. What are you hearing? And this is obviously an insane time to be alive, even if you've been coaching in six different decades. What are you hearing? What are the thoughts? And I would assume that your opinion is carrying heavy weight in these conversations. Well, Pat, uh, number one, I, I was feeling sorry for myself this spring. We don't get to see our players. There's no spring practice. We, we're young. We need to look at all this. And, and again, you'll, you'll find this with your wife. Sally said, we've got people that are sick and dying all over this world. Uh. we got people that are losing their jobs. We've got people that can't eat. They can't feed their kids. So let's help the, the world get better. And then football takes care of itself. So, so what we've been doing is saying – it sounds like washing your hands, social distancing, and a mask is is really helpful. You want your kids to go back to school? Let's do it. Don't like it. It's not our norm, but let's do it. I, I just walked out there with our players with a workout, and they're having their mask on. They didn't like them. I said, it doesn't matter. New world. That's all we got. <laughs> I got one, too. Do I like it? No. Do I want to wear it? No. Is it less comfortable? Yeah, but wear it if you want to play. Uh, and, and then what we've got to do is uh, then we go back to school with our kids and our grandkids, and then we, we feel more comfortable, and then we've got football. So uh, John Swafford, the commissioner, has been working with the ADs, and they've had input from the coaches and the presidents, and I think we'll hear something from the ACC by the, by the end of this month. And uh, we've all heard all the models. I am feeling like uh, I know people want to play. Uh, there's some people that say it's not fair to the kids to bring them back. They want to play. I mean, they're they're at, watching them this morning. They're competing, and they, they'll do anything to get on that field. So we've got to lean on our medical experts to make sure we're safe. And is that wearing a mask? Is that six feet apart? How do you do that and play football? Well, don't stand there long. When you get through with the play, get up. Let's wear a shield. All the things that we're trying to figure out through the medical people give us a chance to play and play safely. So all of us want to play. Let's all do our part to play. And, and then for the kids, we've got to make sure that the kids, the coaches, the fans, the media, uh, the, the first responders, the essential workers at the games are all safe. 
So that's what we're, we're all working on right now. So people that say, why don't they say something? It's so fluid because this virus is so different. They find something out different every day. And I'm trying to, to learn as much from our medical people as I can. And I'm just preaching. I, I felt like a first grade teacher this morning said, pull up your mask, get <laughs> out, stay apart. But that's, that's part of the new normal for us. To play football, that's what we're going to have to do. Coach, we have to get to a, a break on radio. I want to ask you one more question, though. Will you stick around for our YouTube show? Yes. Okay, let's get – all right, we're in a break for radio. That was rather quick. I think we probably <laughs> missed that. Great hosting, Pat. Thank you. Uh, coach, last question here, and thank you for spending so much time with us. Uh, like, I think a lot of people who might have known about you, got a chance to know about you a little bit here, are – gonna love you obviously it's impossible not to whenever you, you whenever you're done here at north carolina whenever it is i would assume you're at least gonna finish out ah, maybe 10 more years who knows what you're <laughs> gonna do but sam Howe, this young stud you got in this young group you got can really do some magic with north carolina will you get back into tv will you maybe run for president what are you gonna do you were great on television coach pat i i uh, i have learned that um right now all of my energies are here and they're in coaching and I can't look at what's next because I want to coach. And I've already gotten out once. I was so lucky to be on TV and had so much fun. And as you met with your crew last year, so many great friends, even today, that uh, Adam's calling the game uh, 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 today, I think, maybe for yeah, the, the for Cubs Fox. Yeah. in Chicago. For Fox, can you imagine? How cool is that for him yeah. being from Chicago? And I, I just i am so excited for him. Uh, so I loved it. It would be something I would look at, obviously, but I'm planning on doing this as, as long as I'm happy and as long as I'm successful doing it. So I don't want to think about what's next. I've done that my whole life. I, I haven't stayed in the moment. I've always been, uh, what, what's next? What's better? Where am I going? What am I doing? This isn't good enough. Uh, I'm trying to, to enjoy today. And, and that's some advice I would give all younger coaches and people really is don't always be looking for something better. Enjoy where you are because you don't get this day back and you don't get this experience back. So enjoy the experience. And I've never done that well, and I'm really trying to do that now. I'm going to push for you to be president. I'll think about your future then if you want. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, head coach of the University of North Carolina Tar Heels, Hall of Famer, national champion, and legend in football, Mac Brown. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jeff, for having me on. Oh, 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 I enjoyed that moment. Thank you, coach. You're the best, man. God, he's a legend. Yeah, unbelievable. Didn't I tell you guys that? I told you as soon as I came out of the production meeting, I was like, hey, listen, I might have been one of the guys who was like, all right, enough of Mac Brown. And you see it on the internet, right? Even whenever we called the UNC game, and now granted, Adam, Molly, and Mac are very tight in the production crew because he was literally doing the job that me and Hasselbeck came in, took two of us to do what he was doing. But we come in there and do it. And we, we talked a lot about Mac because we obviously had a lot of personal stories with him and they had personal stories with him. And a lot of people are like, I'm tired of hearing about Mac Brown. I'm tired of hearing about Mac Brown. But then when you talk to Mac Brown, it's like, yo, I want to hear more about Mac mm. Brown. It is very, it's an interesting balance that you have to do. But that guy is a fucking legend right there all right that's the show coming to you live from thirty thousand feet above earth this talks wait till you see people are asking what i'm wearing my lady's asking what i'm wearing the boys are asking me what i'm wearing i'm gonna roll it out on saturday okay when i say i do 
people get a little peeksy, put it out there. Very lucky and thankful you all choose to listen to this show. The fact you allow us to penetrate your ears, I can't thank you enough. And I get to live out all of my dreams, including marrying the woman of my dreams this weekend. We'll be back with another episode, Minana. You're the greatest. If you haven't, obviously, give us a review. Best review in Evan Foxy's eyes will win some free merch. And to Pod Squad, you're the best. Cheers.